this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past six. It's the 31st of October. Ooh, spooky. It's not spooky, but it's Halloween. Uh, we have some various kind of Halloween-themed things coming up, including a haunted house that I went to in Dunstable a, a couple of weeks ago. I believe uh, Justin Dealey is doing something spooky. I'm not quite sure what. We'll find out soon. We have a, well, we have a, a, a healer coming in. A, a mystic crystal, crystal healer, is that what they're called? I don't know, he's coming in. That's not particularly spooky. He's going to heal me. And good luck with that. Uh, and also coming up on the, the show, police forces in the three counties step up patrols for Halloween. Do you find it fun or frightening? Uh, learner drivers cause congestion in Caddington. Are the roads being clogged up with learners where you live? And Ronnie Wood is to marry his girlfriend. There's a 31-year age gap. Can age gap relationships ever be successful? You can get in touch in lots of ways. You can email 3cr at bbc.co.uk. You can text 81333, starting your text 3CR. Or the best way to get in touch is you give us a call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's Halloween, uh, which means you may be worried about your house or your car being covered in egg and flour. Our local police forces in Beds, Hearts and Bucks have told BBC Three Counties that they'll be stepping up targeted patrols tonight. Thames Valley Police, which covers Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire, says last Halloween was the busiest day of the year for them. Wow. Our reporter Jessica Cooper was out with the police in Milton Keynes last night. Morning, Jessica. Good morning. What happened last night? Well, it was an interesting night. I um, I arrived and I got in the 4x4 police truck. I was given high-vis. Wow. That's, yeah, that's quite cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I was hoping we would have to press the blue lights and speed off at times but we didn't you didn't use the blues and twos no we didn't we didn't (laughs) Um, and i was with pc jason rowe who is the neighborhood supervisor um, from the community policing team in milton Keynes. so he has an area um of milton Keynes, which he basically spends time patrolling around driving around walking through the estates looking out for anything and it was interesting how he could um, spot things that I were completely oblivious to me. Mm. We drove down a, a road and he saw two men um, who he, he said had come round a corner from a property as if they had maybe been by the fence or in an area where they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, I totally didn't notice that. And anyway, he stopped them and wound, wound the window down. And my heart was thudding thinking of the the kind of confidence you need and you never really know yeah. what somebody's going to be like when they get to the car one of them had a hood on turned out when he took his hood down he was actually much older than we both thought right um but yeah just talking to people basically finding out what they're up to showing other residents in the area that they are about and mm. they talk to people all the time um at one point last night we got a call about um lasers being shone at aircraft Oh, that's, so anno- you see, that's so annoying when that happens. I've seen that thing where they get those laser pens that can fire up like half a mile into the air. Yeah, it sounds like such a tiny thing, yeah. but actually it could blind the, the um, pilot so that they don't really see where they're going for a, a space of time. Um, so we went to an area, spoke to people in that area. Again, it was kind of like a needle in a haystack trying to find yeah. somebody in an area. So we had to, to call that off and go on with our rest of our patrolling. And at one point during the night, we went past a woman's house who, Jason explains, had specifically asked for the police to patrol in hit her area over Halloween. Earlier on today, uh, a lady came into the police station asking for some of our no trick-or-treat posters she particularly wanted them to stop trick-or-treaters coming to her house and because last year her house was targeted um she had eggs uh, and other items thrown at her house and unfortunately the 
the items that were thrown did break a window and she ended up having to pay for a window to be replaced. I always thought the threat of a trick on Halloween was just that. It was just a threat. And if you went, no, go away. Oh, all right then, mister. And they would go, but they actually do throw eggs and flour and stuff, do they? Yeah, they definitely do. Jeez. <laughs> it, I don't know what it has to do with Halloween, but it seems to have been... Uh, developed as the the way to celebrate halloween for especially for some teenagers america it's, uh, these americanisms that come over how are the local forces uh, the police forces planning for halloween this year well i think they all agree that the problem is mostly going to be around antisocial behavior things like eggs and, and flour being thrown mm. and the ways of reducing that i spoke to all of our three forces yesterday and um, they each gave me some figures for last year which we can't directly compare to each other because of the size of the areas they're covering and also the way that the information is given but thames valley have said that Halloween was their busiest day last year. They wow. recorded the highest level wow. of crime. That's I know. surprising. If you think of New Year and Christmas yeah. and other times of year, like even when there's been the World Cup and big football games, the fact that Halloween is the night when the day when they record the That's most incredible. crime. And in Milton Keynes alone, 63 crimes. Most of them were things theft from vehicle, criminal damage, yep. also um, arising assaults and things. Um, Elsewhere in Hertfordshire, uh, the police there say there were 199 offences, um, which they said was an 84% increase on the same period uh, the week before. So if you compare Halloween last year to the Monday beforehand, mm. 84% increase wow. in crime. And um, Bedfordshire police said, in fact, that they think New Year is their busiest time, but Halloween is definitely busy for antisocial behaviour. They had about 1,300 calls last year, which what? was actually a drop. But that figure does include all 999 okay. calls, so that isn't just Halloween calls. Okay. Um, and all of our forces have made posters available. Um, there's one here which basically says, no trick or treat. So you put this in your door, in your window, do you? you no trick or treats. And that little bit at the side you can pull off and put on your letterbox if you wanted to. If and you don't want to be disturbed by Halloween callers, cut out this notice. Display it in a prominent position by your front door. Um, and and uh, does this work? Well, the idea is it does and right. should. Um, and that's all the pl- police forces are doing it. It's made from the Home Office, basically, um, so that if people can basically make it really clear if they don't want trick-or-treaters mm. and we're mentioning that problem with eggs and flour there are also posters that um news agents and supermarkets can display saying that they obviously aren't going to sell eggs and flour to people who are teenagers in <laughs> yeah, halloween costumes that seems mad that you have to ban the sale of eggs and flour to kids i know they it, can't make pancakes it's a bit bizarre um, and last night on that topic of eggs and flour mm. i spoke to um, this teenager who a couple of years ago got in- involved in throwing eggs i didn't really chuck it Oh, I might have chucked one or two, but I was just like, me and my girls, we were doing it, but the boys do it, and we were just like running, and everyone's like, run, 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 it's like that adrenaline rush. Kids, they love that, do you know what I mean? So why wouldn't you do it now then? What's changed? When you grow up, you realise, like, what if my nan got egged? I would be so annoyed. Like, she can't go out there and clean it all up. That's out of order, do you know what I mean? That means I've got to go around there and clean it up for her. I know mates that my age, that they'll probably still be doing that this year. Some people grow up faster than others, don't they? Yeah. So, hang on, is that, was that a boy or a girl? That was a girl. That was a girl. So the only reason she doesn't throw eggs anymore is in case someone does it to her grand, then, then she has to go and clean up her grand's house. Yeah, I mean, we had a bit a longer conversation about it, and she did say she did it before, but she wouldn't do it now, but she does know people who probably will be doing it tonight who are her age. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm young and fit and I can look after myself, but I imagine that this time of year is particularly worrying for older people. What, what reassurances have there been for them? Well, I was speaking yesterday to somebody at South Buckinghamshire County, 
council and in that area the local police have been to visit people who they know are vulnerable in the community to make sure that they're feeling all right ahead of tonight and um, also reassure them that if their doorbell rings they don't have to answer it um, and they can put the poster up and they've also got the number for the local police um, in that area apparently in the last three years it has been especially quiet but i think with the older generation it's the fear of crime mm. and the fear of people being outside if you're living on your own knowing that people are all about tonight um so it's just police are saying it's just about being sensible go to houses where there are pumpkins if they seem to be getting involved with halloween pumpkin outside is the traditional you can come and knock in here and get a mars bar yeah exactly and if you're near a sheltered housing area or area where it looks like there are older people living maybe just try and avoid that area um but it it remains to be seen what will happen tonight really whether it will be busy or not for our police no doubt we'll be speaking about this tomorrow to see what happens thank you very much jessica cooper there oh eight four five nine four double Five five double five. Are you worried about Halloween? Are you worried about tonight? Or do you think it's a bit of a laugh? Everyone should lighten up and just get on with it. Do let us know. We'll speak to you after this. Elton John and Kiki D. Of course, there are some songs you don't even need to say that, don't you? You don't need to introduce who it is or what it is. And maybe I should stop doing that. Good morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Are you concerned uh, or a little bit worried about Halloween this evening? Does it, is it a pain in the backside for you or do you thoroughly enjoy it? And everybody who whinges should just lighten up a little bit. Well, as we have said, it's Halloween. Ups and downs, highs and lows. If uh, you're, you're worried about it or think it's a right old laugh, give us a call. 08459 455 555. Later on in the show, uh, you'll hear when I went to a haunted house in Dunstable. Now, it's not like a big mansion or anything. It's just a, a normal terraced house. We took some ghost hunters. We met the lady who owns it. And, um, well, you'll find out exactly what happened a little bit later on. But it, it, it wouldn't be Halloween without sending um, our creepy reporter, Justin Dealey, out and about in the three counties. Good morning, Justin. Very harsh, Ian. Very, very harsh. Harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. (laughs) Whereabouts are you this morning, Justin? Well, I'm on my way to Langlibury Mansion in Hertfordshire. Now, it is a creepy place. It is a Grade 2 listed building. It's... Hang on, why why do you say that in a spooky voice? (laughs) It's a Grade (laughs) 2 listed building. building. It's very, very creepy. It's in um, the middle of nowhere, so it's in the countryside. Now, you have this huge house, which is empty. And there is a school next door to it as well. That closed in the 1990s. It has been open to the public for the very first time this week, especially for Halloween. <laughs> so, uh, from have what I hear... Have been some... drinking this morning? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, from what I hear, some very odd things have been happening here, but now it is a popular film location. So, Great Expectations, St Trinian's 2, Psychoville, and Adele's Rolling in the Deep video were all filmed here. I'm going to be live at this mansion before 7 o'clock this morning being very scared, I believe. I've been told not to go into the cellar. Ian, I can tell you, we are going into the cellar. That's exactly what I want. Just be quiet for a second, Justin. Hang on, just be quiet. Can you hear those spooky noises? What spooky noises? Oh, my God. Thank you, Justin. We'll speak to you later on. Genuinely terrifying that that man has had a job for so long. (laughs) Well, that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. He's going to go in the cellar. Don't go in the cellar. Michael Jackson, Thriller. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I'm keen to to get your views on Halloween. Pain in the backside or a little bit of harmless fun? You can text as well, 81333, starting your text 3CR. Now, learner drivers in part of Bedfordshire need to be moved on to stop traffic congestion. That's according to a councillor. Richard Stay has written on his blog that people are puzzled why so many many learner drivers use the village roads in Caddington. He says there are often queues of learners doing three-point turns on estate roads. 
Our reporter, Victoria Cook, has been to Caddington to speak to people in the area. They can get very busy here and slip in. And in the mornings, they're a nightmare. Let's say more so slip in, because they're just everywhere over there. And they just slow everybody down, like, you know. Basically, I think they should go on an industrial estate out the way. That's where they should be learning to drive until they can drive properly and keep in flow with the traffic. So you're a learner driver. Tell me what it's like while you're learning to drive on roads around here. People get up, up the back of you pretty close and that. It's like they've got no time for learners. Do you think it gets busy around the Caddington area with learner drivers? It does, yeah. Yeah, we get a load of them around here, yeah. The only place I've seen learner drivers is around Elm Avenue and they always use that Leadwell Road and the next close to practice reversing. No, I haven't seen anything, any learner driver causing a problem around here. I can't say it. They've got, all got to learn. They do drive me mad, but then I think about my daughters who will be doing it soon and I try to get a bit more patience. But they've got to learn somewhere, I suppose, but there must be better places than around a little village like this with a bad, one bad road, you know, or two bad roads, perhaps with that one. And it has and an they, impact on the whole village? Well, it does, yeah. Especially around the side streets, you know, people, you drive around the corner and someone's coming backwards at you, you know, and a bit off-footing. Well, Dave Bailey is from the Dave Bailey Driving School in Buckinghamshire. He drives, joins me on the line now. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Do we have enough patience, do you think, with learner drivers? I think there could be a little bit more patience, but I don't think everyone is um, impatient. Uh, there's a lot of patient people out there. Do you find, though, when you're out sometimes with, with a learner driver, and maybe they're not the, the best, you know, it's an early lesson, that you get people up your backside or people flashing or beeping? I think the key, the, when you do eventually get the, the student out on the road, uh, the, the student is actually doing the speed limits. I think when people want to get from A to B as quickly as possible, they tend to maybe be doing a little bit faster. Are you suggesting, David, that some people out there break the speed limits? <laughs> I, I, I certainly am, yes, <laughs> I certainly am. How do you choose your training routes, David? Do, do you have, I remember when I was learning to drive, oh my God, 22 years ago, that there were kind of set routes that a lot of the, 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 the driving instructors favoured. Do you have a set route that you like to go around? Um, well, initially, the, the, the way that you would do it is uh, get, the, get the student up and running. So, obviously, they've got to be able to control the car first, turn left, turn right. But, unfortunately, um, the DSA have set routes. Yes, they have set oh, routes. Oh, really? There are set routes? There are set routes for a, a driving test. Uh, and uh, you, you do tend to be doing these set routes, yes. And, and where would you take... The, I can't remember my first few lessons. I can't remember what we did if we drove anywhere or where we sat. What do you do in the very first lesson? Do you let them move the car around a bit? Oh, crikey, yes, yes. Really? Uh, the, fir the first lesson is uh, about getting the student able to set the, um, the car up so they're nice and comfortable, and then uh, move off and stop. The, the correct procedure, the observations... Um, the POM routine, prepare the car to move, the observations and the move away, uh, giving due, due signals if necessary. This councillor, Richard Stay, who is um, uh, upset that so many learner drivers are, are using the roads in Caddington, what, what would you say to him? I totally sympathise with him. It, it, logistically, whenever you pick a student up, um, perhaps in Caddington, uh, you, you've got to get, give value for money, so you've got to find somewhere um, quite close so you can take the student um, to, to initially get them off and running. So I'm not familiar with Caddington, I've got to be honest, but 
I've got set places that I would take a student, depending on where I'm picking them up. Mm, okay. Well, Richard says he's going to be joining us in about an hour's time, so we can uh, we can hear his side from it. And uh, David, have you ever had a driver, a learner driver, that has just been completely hopeless and has terrified you? Uh, once or twice. Once <laughs> or twice. <laughs> I think it's a brave job that you lot do because uh, you know I've uh, I, and I have complete patience for a learner driver. I will never beep or flash a learner driver. I always hold back a bit from them so they've got plenty of room because you know it does it. It strikes me as odd that people will get upset with learners because hey, we were all learners once, weren't we? Exactly that. It's a case of uh, being able to, to drive, but then. Um, building up that knowledge mm. and that, that um, experience that we've all got built up over 20, 30 years. So uh, you don't just do that overnight, unfortunately. Dave Bailey from the Dave Bailey Driving School in Buckinghamshire. Thank you very much. And as I said, Richard Stay, the, uh, the councillor who's upset about the number of learner drivers in Cannington, will be with us in about an hour's time. But first up, it's the news with Catherine Boyle. Wenk Wenger says it's a result which can have a positive impact on the side. You'll have to bear with me because the, clue, the clip isn't there, but believe me, that's what he said. And that's the latest from BBC Three Counties News and Sports. More from me at seven. You have to take your word for it, do we? Well, I mean, yeah. I've heard it, so I'll play it you next time. I don't bother. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. As always, if you want to get in touch about any of the things that we're talking about on the show this morning, plenty of ways to do it. Uh, you can tweet us, yeah, I know, uh, either at Ian Lee or at BBC3CR. Uh, you can go on the Facebook page. If you go on the Facebook page, we put up all pictures of the guests and topics and things that we're talking about and questions. So just go to Facebook and find BBC Three Counties Radio. The best way to do it, of course, is to give us a call. 08459 455 555. Coming up in this half hour, Justin Dealey is at Langleybury Mansion in Hertfordshire. And we have a spiritual healer from Bedfordshire who says that business is booming. Do alternative treatments work? We'll find out after this. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It is Halloween. We're talking um, uh, uh, about Halloween, the whole trick or treat thing. Do you find it a nuisance? Are you a little bit worried about what might be happening later on this evening? Are you going to be locking the doors, drawing the curtains and not opening the door at all? Or do you embrace it? Have you got a bag full of sweets and chocolates and all things like that and you're just hoping that you get some kids knocking on the door? The thing I don't like about it is when you get sort of 15, 16, 17-year-olds. Trick-or-treaters should be sort of between 4 and... I'll give you 11 Four and eleven, they should have their mums at the end of the, your path, so they're watching there. So you open the door, the mum goes, "Hello, is that is that right? Yeah, it's fine. This, this, they're eight years old, of course it's fine." What, oh, you're very spooky. What, have have a dip in there? Which, oh, well done, you've got yourself a Twix. That's what it should be. You don't want seventeen-year-olds turning up with a bit of fake blood on their face, smoking a fag, going trick or treat. Don't want that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Now, a spiritual healer has seen a rise in numbers during their fifteen years of healing in Bedfordshire. Each week, uh, over twenty-five people are going to the centre. Ray Wilson, the founder of Gentle Touch Healing in Rest Park, joins us now. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Now, well, d- explain to me what is spiritual healing. We are basically channels where we channel energies through our hands to help people release blockages in their, in their energy body, which helps the physical body to heal. Now, I'm going to lay my cards on the table. When I was a a younger gentleman, I was about 19 years old, I went on a spiritual healing course. I did it for a a bit, and it involved me and some middle-aged women going to another woman's house uh, and doing stuff with crystals and chakras and stuff like that, and I I was really into it. And then I got a bit older and a bit more cynical, 
and I stopped believing in it. What evidence is there that this kind of spiritual stuff works? There's no scientific evidence at all. There's, ah. be, there's been various studies done, but you can't prove it works. Other than public response, people can come to healing because they benefit from healing. Do you sometimes... Uh, uh, obviously, it gives a lot of comfort to people, and you, you would say that it works. Do you think that sometimes people come to see spiritual healers uh, because perhaps they're a little bit desperate, and they've tried all other conventional avenues, and they're, they're, they're almost clutching at straws? We, we get a lot of people who come to us who are very seriously ill, or people who, who have incurable illnesses mm. but that's natural you go to somewhere you go to try and find help I mean, mm. but we, we don't uh, take advantage of that we, we just get, we do, do our best to help people and and you how much do you charge we're free you're we're, free we're charity wow there you go okay because there would be some people going hang on a second i can hear there's no catch there's, there's no we're free healing we, we have donations and gift aid right <coughs> excuse me and you were explaining to me the difference between a spiritual healer and a faith healer well, faith healer is someone who wants you to believe in their faith to be, to, to be healed. We right. don't do that. We, we're, nothing, we're not involved in any form of religion, religion at all. So faith healers are those guys you see on stage going, Hear me now! Yeah. And they do the pushing back yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You don't go in for any of those dramatics. No, no, no. It's very gentle. Very gentle. Does it work? Honestly, Ray. We do our best. I've been to do it for 22 years. I wanted to do it 22 years if it didn't help people. Yeah. What, what um, w- without breaking any confidentialities, what kind of things have you seen work that, that, that prove it to you we, we can't go into details but um people, people have had some good, good responses from it okay and we, we're not we're not alternative medicine we're complementary we work alongside doctors and, and there are healers now in hospitals and GP surgeries there are healers in hospitals yes what hospitals are they in well national the um well in london was caught um very, very top hospital down the country, but right. just, it's quite a big, big one in London. So in, in one room you could go in for an X-ray, in another room you go in for a little scan, and in another room there's a, there's a healer. Yes, is that there? Well, and what kind of things do people approach you for? What kind of conditions? A whole range from minor to, to major problems. Okay. Now you're going to do some healing on me, are you? I'm doing best, but it's difficult on radio. But <laughs> well, of course it's difficult on radio. Listen, I, I shall paint the, the the oral picture. Do you need to come round and and? I can do. First of all. It, do you mind if I touch you at all? I have to ask permission. Oh, you can touch me as much no, as you we, want. You would ask permission. If people don't wish to be touched, we can work from distance, no problem. It's, 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 it's quarter to seven in the morning. I'd, I'd be lucky to be touched this time of the day, Ray. <laughs> Thank you, yes. No, I, have to, I have to ask. Of course no, you do. Please. Thank you. Come, come round. Come round and do it. I shall try. Uh, am I allowed to talk? Yes, sure. Okay, that's good. That makes this, this thing a bit easier. So I'm, I'm sat here uh, at the uh, studio desk. We've, this is being filmed, by the way. Ray is gently putting his hands on my shoulders. Very sensitive. You have cold hands, Ray. Okay. Time of day. It, it, well, it's a ridiculous time of the day to be, be, be trying to heal a, a middle-aged man. Can you feel anything? I can't, can't diagnose. I'll just give healing to you. OK. He's just me healing, so I'm, I can feel Ray very gently, very tenderly, touching my shoulders. And, uh... Oh, there's, there's, uh, he's giving me a little stroke. That's nice. And uh, he's taken one hand off, and he's doing something. This is being filmed, by the way, so if you want to have a look at this... Uh, it'll be up on the Facebook page, I would imagine, within an hour or so. So go to facebook.com, find the BBC Three Counties Radio, and you can watch Ray Wilson, the founder of Gentle Touch Healing, healing me. And now, Ray, should I be feeling anything? It could vary. It depends on person to person. But, uh, okay, I'm not feeling anything. A little... You have to heal, heal things to be helped. You know, okay. There's a little uh, a, a tapping of the shoulders. Uh... Uh, it's very relaxing um but uh, uh, as i say i'm not feeling anything but that's not necessarily part of it if you've had this done to you dear listener could you give us a call 
08459 555. Or maybe you're a complete sceptic and you think it's a load of old bunkum. Uh, I'd be keen to hear, to you, hear from you there. Um, and are you picking up anything, Ray? I'm not, not, not a diagnosis, but are you, are you, are you picking up, you know, Sorry, dirty yeah. chakras? Well, I, have I got a dirty chakra? No, 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 I have my dirty chakra, but... Are uh, my chakras all right? I've not, I've not been down the chakras yet, but okay. the chair's in the way, Marie, but... Um, okay, the chair's in the way. I'm just going to go through your shoulder areas and, and just channel from there. Okay. This is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Just in case you're wondering. I'm, 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 I'm tensing up, but I think that's maybe... Oh, you're ru- you found something there on my shoulder, have you? It's an area I need to work on. Okay. He's, there's a little bit of rubbing, a little bit of shaking going on with the shoulder. It's all very gentle. If, if nothing else, it's very nice and relaxing having a, a, a gentleman touching my shoulders at quarter to seven in the morning. It's been a long time since that happened. I tell you that. Uh, he's got, working his way down a little bit now. It's feeling good. You do have freezing cold hands. Really? It's Tom Day, actually. Okay, okay. And so, how many people uh, do you see a day, Ray, that come into the centre? It varies. We, we get back 25 wicket now, but um, we, with Rest Park, we've got four times the Maypool come as, as before. And is it just you that does the healing there, or do you have a, a team? A team of t- team healers there. Do they specialise in different things? Like you'll get an optician or a dentist or, a, 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 you know, a, a heart specialist. Do you have specialists? Some heaters are, are better on certain illnesses than others. Okay. But most people, most of us, do, we do all sorts of problems. Okay, right, listen, we're running out of time. I'm going to ask you to, to finish me off. Okay. And uh, then sit down, if you don't mind, sir. Okay. Okay, right. Did, what, did, now, did, did, did you feel anything? Am I okay? Did, is there anything, should I, did, what did you get from me there? No, it's, it's some tension in, in the shoulders, which uh, right. uh, probably because you your your work here. Yeah, it's, it's very tense here. Yeah. You see, though, I have to work with this <laughs> lot. For goodness' sakes, it's an awful mess. Yeah. Uh, and w- very quickly, when you do the, um, the the healing, do you get any of the bad vibes? Do they do you absorb them, or do they go out into the cosmos? I often get. I asked that as though it was a real question. <laughs> do, they, do they? I often get sparks, and uh, I often get electric shocks from people. Wow. Um, which often is quite painful, but to me, not the person, yeah. because it's when a, wow. a, a blockage has been released. Okay, listen, Ray, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm still sceptical, but I appreciate you coming in. Give us a quick plug. Where, where, whereabouts can people find you? Well, this, this Sunday, we've got an open day at, at Rest Park, Rest Park Enterprise Centre, from 11 to 5 o'clock. Um, it's free healing all day. Plus, we've got a team of holistic therapists there, giving free advice and tasters there for, uh, um, all day from 11 to 5. The old holistic therapist. And whilst we open all week, we open from Monday to Friday by appointment. Um, right, listen, thank you so much for coming in. Is there a website that people can go to? Yeah, gentletouch.co.uk. Excellent stuff, they can find that, gentletouch.co.uk. That's Ray Wilson, the founder of Gentle Touch Healing uh, in Rest Park. Thank you very much. So we, we can ask this morning, alternative treatments, alternative treatments, do they work? Do you believe in them? Are you convinced by them? 08459 455 555. Or maybe you think it's a load of old tosh. Complete and utter nonsense. Do give us a call and let us know. It's interesting, isn't it, what's con- considered to be an alternative therapy. Now, the, the healing there, Ray was a lovely gentleman. I don't believe in any of it, if I'm completely honest. I wasn't going to be rude to him when he came in. That's not my style. But um, I don't believe in it. But it, it, it felt nice, him touching my shoulders. And he did say afterwards, you should, you, could, you should get some healing for your back. Now, I'm always moaning about my back. Maybe he heard me say it on air. I don't know. Or maybe he just picked up the painful vibe of my lower back. But I go and see an osteopath regularly. And my father-in-law, who is a cardiologist, like a proper doctor, 
every time I mention the osteopath, he kind of sneers. I said, Peter, why, what, what should we say? It's alternative nonsense. There's no proof it works. Now, to me, osteopathy, that's a science, because it works. They have, um, like, plastic models of spines in their room and pictures and everything. So it, that's not, there's nothing alternative about osteopathy to me. Um, and, and the same, I'd imagine, for a chiropractor. What do you think about alternative therapies? Okay, uh, let me put my cards on the table. The ones I think don't work, Chinese medicine. Oh, the Chinese, I've done that. I've done that. You go to that shop in the high street, they give you a load of bark, you boil it up and you drink a a, a cup of tea that tastes like licorice. No, nonsense. Homeopathy? Oh, come on. It's like 0.000001% arnica in a little tablet. No, really. The healing and the chakras? I don't believe in that. Actually, it's most of them I don't believe in. It turns out... Do you... Am I being a little bit harsh? Am I being a little bit closed-minded on this? Do give me a call and let me know. If you swear by alternative therapies, or you think it's a load of old tosh, 08459 455 555. Really keen to hear your views on this this morning. Later on in the show, uh, we're going to talk about age gap relationships, because it's all over the front pages. Ronnie Wood, uh, who's 65, he looks a lot older. Uh, is getting married again to his girlfriend, who's 34. So that's quite... That's 31 years. That's quite a big age gap. We're trying to... This, this brings up two questions. Do age gap relationships work? Can they work? My wife is five years younger than me. Uh, and that's about as far as I could go. A, because I would feel uncomfortable. And B, because even at that five-year gap, our popular cultural references are completely out of sync. She doesn't remember any of the shows that I grew up with at all. So do age gap relationships work? And what's the biggest age gap relationship we can find with you? Is there someone out there listening? Who, who's uh, got a huge age gap. Uh, Ger- Gerard White on Facebook. My wife is 28 years younger than me. Uh, we've been happily together for over 11 years. It does work. Can we find a bigger age gap than 28 years? That's, that's where we're starting from. Is there anything bigger than that? 08459 455 555. A, a, a lot for you to get involved with this morning. A lot. Um, 08459 455 555. Now, today, it's Halloween. Lots of spooky things going across beds, uh, hearts and bucks. Uh, Langleyberry Mansion in Hertfordshire has been open to the public for the very first time for Halloween. It's being renamed the Mansion of Screams. <laughs> Justin Dealey's there. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. Before yes. we go into this, can I ask you a, a question? Of course you can. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. Really? 100%. No, on- honestly, have I you, do. Have I you do. seen, like, have you seen ghoulies? Um, I haven't seen ghoulies, but um, certainly lots of unusual things have happened, but I've never actually seen a ghost. Uh, that, lots lots that of things have gone missing. because you're, you're, you, you're quite sensible, and yes. you get very angry about people who aren't sensible, and yet you <laughs> believe in ghosts. <laughs> yeah, what, and you don't? I'd love to. I would love to, but no, I don't. Well, there might be proof before nine o'clock this morning. Wow. Um, as you say, I'm at Langleybury Mansion in Hertfordshire. This building in, it dates back to 1725. It's been empty since the 1990s. It's a creepy-looking place. We're taking some photographs for the Facebook page. It is just off the A41 between Watford and Hemel. Mark Foot, welcome to the programme. Mark is from Scare Nation. Mark, tell us what's going to be happening in this house this evening. Well, tonight we'll be opening back up for the Mansion of Screams, which is a huge scare attraction. We have five different haunts inside the house. People will follow you, terrorise you. <laughs> You'll see things. We have a lot of special effects um, and scenery here that brings the house back to life, what it would have been like all those years ago. Mm. We have a lot of um, scare actors on the top floor and the middle floor. We also have the Curse, which is kind of a paranormal activity room where the truth behind the house of the horrors that happened will be revealed. 
it sounds terrifying. Now, since we confirmed our visit yesterday, we know that ghosts don't like the media. Uh, lots of weird things have been happening. Tell us what's been happening here. There's definitely a fact that the ghosts definitely don't like the media because uh, after we did confirm that you were coming, uh, many strange things have happened in this house. Such as? Well, last night, all well, the lighting kept changing its own pattern. It's all pre-programmed. It decided to uh, change its own pra- uh, pattern. In the cellars, we have all the compressors that uh, control all our pneumatics, which is our special effects, um, like air cannons and explosions that go off. And uh, somehow the compressors managed to actually turn themselves off. Um, and we actually had to physically go down there to restart them. And there's no possible way anybody can get into the cellar because it's only one way in, one way out and only our technicians have the keys. Goodness me. So this is the first time it's been open to the public in the history. It used to be flats. It used to be a school. It's been empty since, what, the 1990s. I presume it's been a paperwork nightmare for you to get this place open and, and get this place passed. Well, that's right. Normally it's only used for uh, TV and film sets uh, from the mansion. But... Uh, we decided to take this place because you can't get a better place than a haunted mansion but the paperwork to be able to get public into this mansion the procedures that we have to go through and the formula we have to get for people to actually be able to go through this mansion and make it safe is a mountain of paperwork i can imagine um ian just lastly i'm going to bring another ian into the conversation here because uh, this ian who was with me in the radio car you were born here in this mansion when it was flat we have been told not to go into the cellar you're going to be taking me down to the cellar later on should i be worried you should be really... Well, I'd take you. I'm not actually going to go in with you. <laughs> well, hang on I've, a second. I've been before, and to be honest, wearing a scarf like that, your height, <laughs> and you're going to be in all kinds of trouble. They'll see you coming. So, so, there's, so there's definitely ghosts here. That, that, that's what you're saying oh, this yes, morning? absolutely. Without a doubt, yes. OK, just lastly, quite briefly, what's the most terrifying thing that's happened to you in that house? Um, well, I think that involves my father, to be honest. He used to send me down to the cellar and lock me in there if I did something wrong. Really? Oh, yes. So a lovely father. Yes, indeed, yes. So it's quite scary down there. He used to leave me down there for hours. Lock Justin down yes. there. No, no, he won't be doing that. Lock he, him no. in there. He's been naughty. <laughs> he won't be doing that. So later on, Ian, when you come back to me, what, just before 8 o'clock this yep. morning, uh, we are going to be going down to the cellar here. It is an incredible place. What makes it even more creepy, you've got this huge mansion house here, yeah. which has just been opened, and next door as well, that there's the old Langleybury School. Now, that closed back in 1998. That was owned by the council. It was council offices for quite some time, but as you drive down this pathway here it is just creepy this huge huge house this huge school and they are just derelicts but um quite some history adele's video rolling in the deep that was filmed here Ooh, great expectations spooky, spooky <laughs> um, all sorts of things so come back to me later on and uh, we're going to be checking out the cellar live on three counties radio fantastic i look forward to it justin thank you very much indeed lock him down in the cellar lock him in the cellar uh, 08459 455 555. Later on in the show, you'll, you'll hear when I went to a haunted house in Dunstable. Did anything spooky happen? Well, find out. Uh, very quickly, we've been talking about alternative therapies and medicines and treatments and healing and things like that. Do you believe in it? I don't. I think it's a load of old tosh. Uh, but uh, Helen in Milton Keynes has texted in, 81333, starting the text 3CR. Royal fam- family use homeopathy and they live long, healthy lives. But that could be due to the fact they don't have to sit on the bus with someone spreading their germs around. It could be also due to the fact, Helen, that they also have uh, the access to some of the best doctors in the world. When Prince Philip gets ill, doesn't use homeopathy, goes to the hospital. Robert Fennick, on Twitter, he's taken offence at my question. 
I've tweeted, and bear in mind I'm limited by the things I can tweet. A, because I'm trying to do a blooming radio show, and B, by the, the, the 140 characters. Uh, I've, I've tweeted, um, uh, alternative therapies, uh, good or total bunkum, something along those lines. Robert's taken offence to my, uh, <laughs> my tweets. This is it. Uh, hang on, alternative therapies, great or total bunkum? Give me a call now. Robert is, uh, is upset by this. False dichotomies. Useful radio format or formulate nonsense. Tweet me now. <laughs> oh dear, Robert. Come on, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm doing my best. Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in this hour of the show. Lots I want your input on. Halloween, alternative therapies, learner drivers, loads of stuff. Here, here are some of the things. See if any of this grabs you. More police patrols for Halloween. I'm going to speak to a Newport Pagnell man to find out why he threw eggs and flour when he was younger. We'll have the latest on the effects of Storm Sandy and age gap relationships. Ronnie Wood is marrying his girlfriend who's 31 years younger than him. Can they ever work and can we find the biggest age gap relationship for any of our listeners to BBC Three Counties? BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, you might be worried about trick-or-treaters tonight. And if you are, can you give us a call? 08459 455 555. Well, the police have told us they'll be stepping up patrols across the three counties. Thames Valley Police, which covers Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire, say last night, uh, last Halloween, sorry, they recorded the highest level of crime compared with any other day of the year. Tonight, officers will be targeting areas where there have been problems before. Last night, our reporter, Jessica Cooper, went out on patrol with PC Jason Rowe from the community policing team in Milton Keynes. We've had a job come in, um, which is quite a worrying one, a report from Swanage Air Traffic Control of um, someone shining laser lights at air pla- aircraft that are flying by. Lasers can blind pilots uh, and it's very dangerous, so we're going to go to the area of the Milton Keynes Don Stadium, which is where it's been zeroed in on from the aircraft. Someone in this area has been shining uh, a laser light at aircraft, passing aircraft. Have you seen anything suspicious, anyone around at all? Not at all. If you do see anything, give us a call on 101. Obviously, if we get more calls, we may be able to narrow it down, but as you can see, the area is huge, and there's a lot of people here, so we'll just see what we can turn up. Right, so it's probably been about 20 minutes. We've we've called off the search for the youths with the laser pen. We're now um, patrolling down a street, and you've particularly come to this area because a member of the public asked you to. Earlier on today, uh, a lady came into the police station asking for some of our no-trick-or-treat posters. She particularly wanted them to stop trick-or-treaters coming to her house, and because last year her house was targeted... Um, she had eggs uh, and other items thrown at her house and unfortunately the, the items that were thrown did break a window. How busy is um, Halloween for you in comparison to the rest of the year? Halloween um, last year was the busiest day of the year um, which if you consider New Year's Eve and, and other bu- busy periods will give you an indication of uh, how busy it does get. In Milton Keynes we saw Uh, an increase in your damage type offences both to dwellings and to vehicles as well, vehicles that were parked on drives. Um, We had a a lot of those reported in. Also theft from vehicles. Yeah, go ahead. It's almost become a a common trick from the trick-or-treat Halloween style where 
if if people want to play a prank on someone, they they've decided to f- throw eggs and flour, and we're looking to try and stop that happening. Um, speaking to local shops and making them aware of you know just who they sell eggs and flour to on Halloween. Why eggs? What what is it about eggs because, and flour? Because yeah, people go egging yeah because they think they're big and it's a crack, it's a laugh, and like they like the little thrill of getting chased and everything. But they haven't got like the heart to actually like break someone's window and chuck a stone right. through it. I did it like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's so childish. And I got caught once and it scared me. So, scared so do me. you think it's the norm that people are, are sort of accepting that egging is the thing to do on trick or treat? Yeah, I think most kids think that's the norm to do. They love it. When you did it a couple of years ago, why did you want to do that in the first place? No, I just did it because everyone else is doing it. I'm not, oh, I didn't really chuck it. Oh, I might have chucked one or two, but I was just like, me and my girls, we were doing it, but the boys do it, and we were just like running, and everyone's like, run, run, run. It's like that adrenaline rush. Kids, they love that, do you know what I mean? So why wouldn't you do it now then? What, what's changed? When you grow up, you realise, like, what if my nan got egged? I would be so annoyed. Like, she can't go out there and clean it all up. That's out of order, do you know what I mean? That means I've got to go around there and clean it up. Yeah, I didn't really do it. I did one or two. Well, so you did do it. Well, Liam Snoosh is 27. He's from Newport Pagnell. He used to throw eggs and flour on Halloween when he was a teenager. Morning, Liam. How you doing? Right. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. So you used to do this when you were a kid. How old were you? Uh, probably about 14, I think. And why did you do it, Liam? I don't really know, to be honest. It was just one of those things. It was like Halloween. Everyone was like there, so tonight we're going to go egging. And it wasn't like... It's not exactly... Uh, we didn't really target people's houses. It was, like, other friends from school, really, that would all, like, kind of chase each other around Newport and egg each other and flower each other. Oh, I've just remembered I used to do this when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all of me. I, we, we did it at friends. We never did it at houses. I think on the last day of term was, was, was when we did it. It wasn't a Halloween thing. But it, 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 it did laugh make a mess, didn't it, Liam? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, obviously, like, when you're running down the street chucking eggs at each other, you are going to be hitting people's cars as well, because yep. you're not exactly going to have perfect aim. Was that part of the fun, knowing that you made a bit of a mess and that you damaged... Not damaged, but you'd covered people's cars in eggs and flour? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Would you still do it now, what, 13, 14 years later? No, I wouldn't. Because, obviously, like, now having my own house, my own car, it's a bit like, if anyone egged my car in my house, I'd be pretty annoyed and uh yeah, I wouldn't exactly be too happy about yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Imagine if you woke up in the morning and your house was covered in eggs and flour, or your car was, is all eggs on the windscreen. So how would you feel? I'd be pretty angry. Yeah. What would you say to anybody who's going to go out tonight and do it? Um, just, like, actually have a think about what you're really doing. You know, it's not really... It may be, like, for that first initial, like, ten minutes, quite a thrill, but at the end of the day, like think about if someone done it to your property like you wouldn't exactly be like happy about it so liam listen thank you very much liam is uh snoosh used to go again yeah i remember we did it on the last day of term at school we i know i know oh it was it was a tradition we'd all write on each other's shirts and then egg and flour each other but we didn't we didn't do it, it was it wasn't on cars let me just say this now it wasn't on cars it certainly wasn't on people's houses was, i think it was in the the school playground until we got booted out by the deputy headmaster uh it are you looking forward to Halloween tonight? Do you think it's, it's one of the great American imports and you love it and you've got a big bag full of sweets and they're by the door and you're ready for the kids to come trick-or-treating? Or are you a little bit in fear about it? Make you a little bit nervous? 
08459 455 555. Let me know. Keen to get your thoughts either way. Now, the big story yesterday, of course, was the uh, a hurricane stroke storm stroke tornado that was going to be sweeping across uh, the east coast of America. Well, today, President Obama will see firsthand the damage caused by one of the most ferocious storms ever to strike the east coast. The number of people killed now stands at more than 40. Ne- uh, nearly two million still don't have power in New York. And across several states, tens of thousands spent a second night in school gymnasiums, community centres and hotel rooms. Well, yesterday we spoke to Lee Harris from 1010 WINS Radio in New York, a rolling news station in the city. We can catch up with Lee now. Morning, Lee. Good morning. It's a little better this morning. How, how are things out there? What's, what's it like? We've seen the pictures of the damage. What's the weather like now? There's a tiny little bit of rain this morning and a tiny little bit of wind, but nothing like we had, obviously, at the height of the storm or in the immediate aftermath. Have you been out to have a little look around uh, the local area? I just drove into work just now, and uh, in the upper part of Manhattan from which I came, things were relatively normal and, I'd say, uh, as busy as they would be normally at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, New York time. But once you got into the zone where the lights are out, everything changed. A lot more police present than the night before, and a few more brave souls, but still a, a very eerie sight below about uh, 38th Street in Manhattan heading down toward the bottom of the island. Whenever anything like this happens in a movie uh, in New York, there's always, the first thing that happens is lots of looting. Now, obviously, those are movies. Has there been anything like that? Any kind of reports of of trouble because of the blackout? A very tiny bit of that in the Rockaways, uh, allegedly planned on Twitter, ironically. Oh, really? Uh, But actually, actually on the streets of the city yesterday, uh, there were people wandering around. Many of them had nothing to do. They didn't have jobs to go to or uh, ways of getting to other parts of the city, but I found people, by and large, to be, I wouldn't call it necessarily in a holiday mood, but sort of uh, cheery, you know, making do with what they had and mm. being, uh, um, you know, up to the task. Lee, when we, when we to sp- be in a good mood. When we spoke to you about 24 hours ago, uh, the, the, the radio station had been affected, the power was out, and you were on the backup generator. Has that been sorted now? Is everything back to normal? No, we're still running on backup power, so the lights are a bit dim. Uh, We did get our AM transmitter back, our main one, but only at 20% of normal power. So we're still being heard on uh, FM as well for now. So things are are far from normal here. Walking into the newsroom, I didn't see anybody sleeping on the floor. And uh, we were back to somewhat normal staffing levels. So today would normally qualify as a full-out disaster on any other Mm. day. But uh, right now, it's a bit of an improvement. We'll have some bus service this morning, although still no subways. The stock exchange will open up this morning. At least uh, the international airports, JFK and Newark, are supposed to open at 7 a.m., so, uh, semblances of normality this morning. It's interesting, isn't it, Lee, because America is viewed by, by some as, you know, being the, the most powerful country in the world, whether that's right or wrong. And New York is, is such a modern, thrusting city. But even, you know, when, when there's a storm like this, when Mother Nature wants to, she can kick us all into shape, can't she? You certainly can. I mean, one would tend to think that if it had hit, uh, let's say, Mogadishu, that uh, things would have been uh, slightly worse than they were here. But we're not... Uh, beyond, you know, de- being damaged by a storm of this magnitude. Lee, listen, I'm, com- I'm coming to New York to see the monkeys at the end of the month. I'm popping in and I'm going to buy your coffee at some point, sir. 
All right, I'd appreciate that. Uh, they might be uh, one monkey short when you get here, but uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I'm, I'm always happy to fill in for the English guy. Lee, thank you very much indeed. Lee Harris from 1010 WINS Radio in New York. Ah, oh, dear. It's amazing, isn't it, what can happen with a bit of weather? Thank you, Lee. So, Halloween... Fun or a pain in the backside? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've, my producer just said she hasn't got any pumpkins. I did my first pumpkin three years ago, before we even had kids. Oh, it turns out it's really easy to get something that's half decent. And it's fun. I mean, it's messy. You've got to scoop out all the innards. That bit isn't fun. But it is good. We've got a pumpkin on our doorstep. And my little boy helped me this year. Helped me. You know, I, yeah, I did it. But he felt like he was helping me. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I, I kind of enjoy the kids trick-or-treating. If they're between sort of five and 11, and their mums are there at the end of the path going, is it all right if we... Uh, OK, good. I like that. 16-year-old kids knocking on my door with a fag on. No, that's, that's not appropriate. What do you think? Are you a fan of Halloween? Do you look forward to it? Are you, are you, have you got a bag of sweeties ready by the front door tonight? Or are you one of those people that's just like, oh, God. Actually, you could be a little bit terrified by it. You're worried what's going to happen. Do give me a call and let me know. 08459 455 555. What do you think about it? Is it a bit of fun? Or is it a horrible American import that actually makes people a little bit uncomfortable in their own homes? 08459 455 555. Now, I don't know if you remember, but Veronica from Dunstable called up uh, last month and she told me that ghosts live in her house. House, if that's not too much of a contradiction. Later on, you'll hear what happened when I went to Veronica's with paranormal investigators Steph and Bill. In fact, why don't I tease you now? Here's a little bit of what happened when I went to her house. It's been happening pretty much since we moved in about 26 years ago. Uh, they don't frighten us at all. They're very friendly. They don't do anything nasty. They're a bit mischievous. They move things around. That's it. I've walked in. This is obviously, co- this is obviously a freezing cold room. Bill, you're, you're disputing this. Well, I've just checked the temperature in here, and it's around about 15, 16 degrees. And I checked the temperature of the room we walked out of, and they're almost exactly the same within less than half a degree. Bill's, Bill's starting to... He's scaring me a little bit. Is he? <laughs> if there's any spirit people in this room with us or in this house, please can you come to us? We're here with the greatest respect for you. We'd just like to know that you're here. If you could make a noise for us so we can hear you, please try and do anything you can to let us know that you're around us. Well, did we hear a noise? Did the spirits get in touch and let us know they were there? Find out in the next hour. Find out in the next hour. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Learner drivers in Caddington need to be moved on to stop traffic congestion. That's according to the local councillor. Richard Stay has written on his blog that people are puzzled as to why so many learner drivers use the village roads. He says there are often queues of learners, learner drivers doing three-point turns on estate roads. Our reporter, Victoria Cook, went to speak to the people of Caddington and asked them how busy it gets with learners. They can get very busy here and slip in. And in the mornings, they're a nightmare. Let's say more so slip in, because they're just everywhere over there. And they just slow everybody down, like, you know. Basically, I think they should go on an industrial estate out the way. That's where they should be learning to drive until they can drive properly and keep in flow with the traffic. So you're a learner driver. Tell me what it's like while you're learning to drive on roads around here. People get up. Up the back of you, pretty close in that. It's like they've got no time for learners. Do you think it gets busy around the Caddington area with learner drivers? It does, yeah. Yeah, we get a load of them around here, yeah. The only place I've seen learner drivers is around Elm Avenue. 
and they always use that Leadwell Road and the next close to practice reversing. No, I haven't seen anything, any learner-driver causing a problem around here. I can't say it. They've got, all got to learn. They do drive me mad, but then I think about my daughters who will be doing it soon and I try to get a bit more patience. But they've got to learn somewhere, I suppose, but there must be better places than around a little village like this with a bad, one bad road, you know, or two bad roads, perhaps with that one. And it has and an impact on the whole village? Well, it does, yeah. Especially around the side streets, you know, people, you drive around the corner and someone's coming backwards at you, you know, and off-putting. Victoria Cook talking to the people of Caddington. Well, Councillor Richard Stay joins us now. Good morning, Councillor. Good morning. What's the problem with people learning to drive on the roads in Caddington? Well, there isn't a problem per se. I think it's the, the quantity of drivers that we've, uh, we've got. And I think your report demonstrates quite amply, it's not just me that's saying, uh, that we've, we've kind of got too many. Um, everyone's got to learn to drive. I absolutely accept that. Learners have got to learn to drive somewhere. But um, we do appear to be a bit like a... Um, a, a honeypot um, for bees, and um, and uh, I, I do think uh, we need to damp down just the, the sheer number of learners that uh, are clocking up uh, local estate roads. Do we know if these are, are people, are residents of Caddington that are learning to drive, or is it people from outside Caddington that are, that, that are coming in as part of their learning route? Well, I, I've represented Caddington for, I think, about 16 years, and uh, I, I'd be very surprised if there were that many 16, uh, sorry, 17, 18-year-olds in Caddington and Slip End, I think. Uh, by, it's fairly clear the vast majority of these are learners that are coming in from uh, from adjacent towns. What would you like to see done, Councillor? Uh, well, I think a the uh, the driving standards agency um, had a look at varying their routes a little, but um, I think my key message would be to driving instructors: uh, please vary your uh, route, the routes that you take your um, your students on. I, I don't think it's anything more complicated than that. Um, I, there's, there's not a lot we can do formally about it other than just point out that it is causing us a problem. Have you spoken to the DSA or, or, or driving instructors? No, I haven't, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure that, uh, that they will all be listening to your programme this morning, so uh, I, I'm sure... I, I mean, we are, Richard, we are very popular with driving instructors. Let me, they're, they're top of our demographic <laughs> uh, at the moment. But listen, they have, people have to learn to drive. We, we, we've all learned. We, we, we were all learners at some point, Richard. Haven't you got any sympathy for them? Well, I've got back to sympathy. Uh, but uh, please learn to drive uh, a little more considerately. Um, I, I mean... You know, it is getting to a point where, in, in the areas that uh, your reporter visited yesterday, we have a school which is already congested. We have a, a huge number of, um, uh, of residents in that area who are already upset by the number of, of cars that are coming in to uh, take, uh, take their children to school. Um, so it isn't just that one issue, but it is exacerbating an already overcrowded uh, traffic situation, particularly in Caddington, but uh, I would also include Slip End in that. So, uh, simple message. Uh, Please vary your uh, routes. Councillor uh, Richard Stay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, well, what do you think? If you, if, if you live in Caddington, I know we're speaking to a, a, a smaller audience, but did you have a problem with it? People have to learn to drive somewhere, don't they? But um, I suppose you don't want the roads busy all the time. 08459 455 555. Now, it is Halloween. Is it fun or frightening? Do you enjoy it, or do you just think, oh, God, it's another night of keeping the lights off, hiding away, going to bed early, locking the doors, and hoping that someone doesn't chuck an egg at my window? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Barbara! Good morning! Good morning, Barbara! How are you this uh, morning? Oh, I'm getting ready for tonight. Oh, oh are you a fan of the uh, Halloween? Well, I have a bit of fun with the children, yes. I dress up as a witch, and mm. sometimes... 
sit on a doorstep, they come up in front of living daylights out of them. Oh, blimey. I don't think you're supposed to, I don't think you're supposed to spe- scare the kids, Barbara. They're supposed to scare you. Well, no, it's much more fun if I do it. So, uh, you're, you're a big fan of it. You're going to get dressed up and embrace it, Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. I've got something for the older ones tonight. There was a man down this evening, town centre the other day, giving away little tiny tubes of toothpaste. I've wrapped them all up as sweets. When they come... <laughs> what? You're going to give... You, you've got the witch's cackle there. You're, you're going to give kids little tubes of toothpaste? Only the bigger ones if they ask for so- for more sweets. You're asking for trouble, Barbara. No, I can get away with that. Mm, blimey. Now, you call yourself... What, what's your... What's the title you've given yourself? Oh, oh, I think Witchy Witch... Just for tonight. Witchy witch, just for tonight. Barbara, can I ask you a personal question? Well, then. Are you completely bonkers? Absolutely start raving mad, I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. I, I picked that up quite early on in this conversation. <laughs> I got that quite early. <laughs> hang, well, hang on a second. That was, the, 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 let's be honest, that was some kind of... Uh, a uh, good cackle, that is, isn't g- it? G- give, us, give us the cackle again. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, oh, hang on a second. I'm going to do, let me just do something here. I'm going to do, uh, let's see if we can get a little bit of an effect on that. Right, give us that again. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> uh, so, we, when, when, the, when the trick or treaters come, yeah, have you got any sweeties for the younger oh, ones? Oh yeah, I've yeah. got I've got sweets for the younger ones. I mm-hmm. say it's only if the older ones come and start being a pest. Yeah, I, I, I've wrapped the toothpaste. I've wrapped the toothpaste up in gold foil, so oh. don't, they don't know it's toothpaste. You're ask, You're literally asking <laughs> them to chuck eggs and, and flour at your house. Actually, no. It, it's what if you tell them to go away and be go away. You know, I don't want you here. Go away. Go away. Yeah. Then they're more likely to to flower you. Right. If you if you embrace them and have a bit of fun with them, you know, then and then they they come enjoy it. What's the listen? There's a tip because I'm 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 going to get some sweeties and bits and pieces for the kids mm. tonight. We've got our pumpkin out. Going to put a little candle in it. What's 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 popular with the kids these days? What's what's the best thing to be giving them? Uh, chewy, chewy sweets. Chewy sweets. And also, if you buy some um, marshmallows. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're quite nice, particularly if you put them in the bag loose. Ooh, and you loose, put loose. the hand in. Ooh, loose marshmallows, Barbara, you're getting me excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and have you ever had any trouble? Nah. No. Nah. nah. No. As I say, if you if you embrace if you if you tell them to go away and get you know narky with them, yeah. then they get narky with you. But yeah. if you have a bit of fun with them, you know, chasing down the street or something like that, you know. Don't, no, don't, don't, but no, did you just say chase them down the street? You can't do that. <laughs> well, I can if I'm a witch, can't I? Barbara, listen, thank you very much for calling. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. Bye. Take care, bye-bye. That's Barbara. She's the, the witch witch of Stevenage. Completely bonkers. The older kids, you're going to get toothpaste. <laughs> Imagine how gutted you'd be. Oh, yeah, we've got some stuff in, some gold pa- Oh, it's blooming toothpaste. Barbara, thank you very much. Are you like Barbara? Are you embracing it? Are you going to dress up for it? 08459 455 555. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots uh, that we need your input on this morning on BBC Three Counties. And I made a controversial statement. Well, I, I didn't realise it was controversial. And I said it in the office. And everyone went, oh, no, don't be so stupid. And I said that age gap relationships are more acceptable if the woman is older 
than the matter if it's an older woman with a toy boy. And everyone went, oh, don't be so stupid. It's the other way around. If it's an older man and a younger, younger woman. Is, it, well, is that right? I suppose maybe you see more older men and younger women. I'm always a little bit suspicious, though. What do you think? Can they ever work age gap relationships? 08459. Four double five five double five, and can we find the, the the biggest age gap from listeners to to three counties? We've had someone who's twenty eight years. He was twenty eight years older than his wife. They've been together eleven years. Uh, my wife's half Greek, as I, I probably mentioned every single day. And in Greece, it's always there's always a huge age gap between the men and the women. There's it's always a, a rich old man and a younger younger girl. Really common. Oh eight four five nine four double five, five double five. I should just mention in an hour and a half, uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith comes in and does his show. I love Jonathan's show. I'm going shooting with him tomorrow. I know we've got guns and everything, which will be exciting. Uh, but one of the reasons I love Jonathan's show, that I'm going to play a clip from um, a couple of days ago. This this is Jonathan right talking to a listener and trying to get his head around American wrestling. So he's raw when they kind of just grab one another, whereas Smackdown is when they fling them over the back and no, all that. it's all the same. It's, oh, it's what's just, the difference just, then? Oh, it's different type of wrestlers. Oh, I see. So, like, yes. you might get the big ones, they do the raw, and then the little ones <laughs> do... That's the case of the go raw. Yeah. Later on in that show, he started calling it Slapdown. <laughs> Oh, I love it. He'll be on at nine o'clock. I've got no idea what he's talking about. He go- we, we, can we persuade him to do a wrestling special one day? I know he's in the building, um, arguing with his team, trying to whip them into shape. Do a wrestling special for now. That would just be golden, golden radio. Uh, we've been talking about driving lessons after the councillor in Caddington was very upset that um, Caddington seems to be on the route for a lot of driving instructors, and he doesn't want them there. Pat is from Houghton Regis. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. You are a driving instructor, I believe. I am, yes. Uh, what, what do you feel about what the councillor was saying? Well, it, the, the driving instructors out there actually are aware of vehicles around them, and if they're in Caddington, they can be in any area whatsoever that's nearer to where they're teaching or where the person lives. Uh, they will stop until that person passes safely, or if they can't pass safely, they will continue with the manoeuvre, providing the other vehicle stopped, and then make way for that person. That's what we teach them, to be courteous on the road. So the driving instructors are uh, constant. Oh, of course, they must be. They're constantly aware of all the vehicles around them, and if they feel that they're causing perhaps a problem or something, they'll pull over, let the traffic c- clear, and then come back. They will, they, will move, they will move out of the way if they need to, but if they're on a major road doing the speed limit, that's fine. You know, you've got to do the speed limit. They're not causing any problems at all. I mean, what Council State's got to remember is uh, if someone bibs a learner driver while you're trying to teach them, that learner driver could lose a lot of confidence yeah. and go backwards. And they're only trying to um, concentrate on the road in the initial stages, but the awareness comes through experience, and that's what we teach them. I, I don't think the councillor is anyway suggesting that people kind of hassle the learner drivers or anything like that, but do, do, do you think he's got, got a point, though, Pat, that, that, that these small places like Caddington, they don't want to be bothered with loads of learners all over the place? It causes problems. Well, no, I think uh, it, it depends where you're picking up your pupil. If you're picking up your pupil from around Caddington or nearby, and the only area to be safe to teach someone in their early stage driving is Caddington, you will go in that direction. I mean, there's also Ringwood in Luton. There's a lot of people around there. But what, what a lot of learners around there, but what I tend to do is try and stay away from those busier areas if I can. And I believe a lot of instructors do the same, but sometimes you can't. Mm. It's quite impossible. 
So, you know, we have traffic lights that stop traffic. We have delivery drivers that stop traffic up roads. I think what Richard Day has got to be is more patient with the learner drivers rather than say move them on somewhere else because you know it's annoying my my electorates if you like do you find that most motorists are patient with learner drivers because i've certainly seen them being flashed and beeped and you know overtaken quite aggressively yeah that's a small minority generally drivers on the roads are very very polite and okay with learner drivers it's only the small minority and they stand out from the crowd because they're making the most noise and trying to speed at the same time pat going off the complete tangent are you a fan of halloween uh well i've got my sweets ready for tonight oh good for you well done <laughs> what, what have you got what have you got um mars bars i've been eating my wife's telling me off sorry well you oh, you've been digging into the, the the bag of sweets for the kiddies yeah i've got oh. about nine left i think oh pat you can't do that <laughs> that's for the little kids i know i know i've got to go and buy some more today ever, have you ever <laughs> seen a ghost i have yes sorry have you yeah oh. i saw one last week in actual fact go on what happened i was on holiday are you, set, are you setting me up for a joke here no no okay. honestly okay. I'm, I'm being honest with you okay. i I was getting up in the middle of the night in this caravan that six adults were in, having a good time, and uh, about four in the morning. I don't drink, by the way, yeah. so it wasn't a drink. Six adults having a good time in a caravan, it sounds well, suspicious, my, but... My sister-in-law oh, okay, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and my daughter and that. Okay. And um, I was staring through from the hallway to the lounge area of the caravan, and there was this black figure of a person sitting down in the caravan itself and i was trying to feel for the light and i couldn't get the light quickly enough on and i kept staring at this figure and it was a figure of a person so i do believe in them so you, you were in a haunted caravan oh yes that's right wow. pat fan listen there we go he's, he's ticking all the boxes thank you pat if you've if you've got any ghost stories listen i don't i don't believe in ghosts i would love to i would love to if someone can give me the evidence the man alive i'm there if you've seen a ghost can you give us... I didn't know Pat was going to say that. Could you give us a call, please, and let me know? 08459 455 555. Well, today is Halloween, as you know. And on this day, the souls of the dead are supposed to revisit their homes. Earlier this month, I took a very interesting call from Veronica in Dunstable about the ghostly goings-on in her home. So many things have sort of happened in the house. It's very, very strange. I mean, it doesn't bother us at all. Um, my son and I have seen them. Ooh, hang on um, a second. What? Yeah, but it's it's really odd. You sort of... It's difficult to explain. I see them like, out of the corner of your eye. You sort of yeah. glance them, and then when you oh. look, there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, but we've seen quite a few. I have in my front room. It's not an old house. We don't know where they come from. But they have, like... Seem to have, like, cocktail parties in my front room. Hang, on, hang on a minute, Veronica. I was <laughs> going with you until that. You have loads of ghosts having cocktail parties in your yeah. front room? Yeah. Well, she sounded... The, the thing that got me about Veronica... Well, she sounded so sensible and normal and was telling this amazing story. Well, I was, I was intrigued. I was fascinated. I got in touch with, um, uh, with, with Veronica after the show. I also got in touch with the Luton Paranormal Society and spoke to uh, a couple of very lovely people there. And we all agreed to go to Veronica's house in Dunstable and see if we could find any ghosts. This is what happened. I am now in what is apparently a haunted house in Dunstable. It belongs to this young lady here. Veronica, you called up the show a few weeks ago, yep. and you mentioned that there have been some spooky goings-on in your house. Is that correct? That's right, yes. Uh, it's been happening pretty much since we moved in about 26 years ago. Uh, they don't frighten us at all. They're very friendly. 
Um, they don't do anything nasty. They're a bit mischievous. They move things around. That's it. I'm joined by Steph. Hello, Steph. Hi. Now, you are... Ghost hunter, is that, is that the term you use? What, 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 how would you describe yourself? Um, well, we call ourselves paranormal investigators rather than okay. ghost hunters. You look normal. <laughs> I, and I don't know what... I, your mate doesn't. I'll get on to Bill in a second. But I don't know what I was expecting. I know, I, I'm kind of expecting something a bit mad and a bit crazy. A bit ghostbusters. You, you look like a normal lady. Good. <laughs> we are normal people. <laughs> you're with Bill. Bill, you're part of this team as well. I am, yes, indeed. How long have you been investigating the paranormal? Um, I, well, basically I've been interested in the paranormal all my life, and I joined the Luton Paranormal Society um, one year after they started, so um, 2004. Are you feeling anything? Does this feel... It feels to me like a really nice house. Are you getting any kind of spooky vibes? Not at the moment, no. You say it feels like a, a nice nice house. Um, I'm just mentally sort of asking if there's anyone here, if they can do something for us while oh, so we're doing, You're doing that now in your head? Yeah. yeah. Is anything, anyone coming back? No, not at the moment, no. What room are we in now, Veronica? Uh, this is now the nursery. It used to be my daughter's bedroom. Okay. I've walked in. I'm, this, is obviously co- this is obviously a freezing cold room. Bill, you're, you're disputing this. Well, I've just checked the temperature in here, and it's around about 15, 16 degrees. And I checked the temperature of the room we walked out of, and they're almost exactly the same within less than half a degree. Bill's, Bill's starting to... He's scaring me a little bit. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> He'll do that. OK. Yeah. So that, as we walked out there, this, was, this felt a lot colder to me. Yeah. As we just walked out of there, this was cold. Well, it's probably a draft. Yeah. yeah this, it's probably a draft, Bill. Come on. So we're in what was... Uh, the son's room. You can tell it was a boy's room. <laughs> it's a mess. I keep seeing something out of the corner of my eye, but just like, I don't know what, but I'm constantly, I'm in this room and I'm sort of turning my head going, oh, what was that? And there's nothing there. If there's any spirit people in this room with us or in this house, please can you come to us? We're here with the greatest respect for you. We'd just like to know that you're here. If you could make a noise for us so we can hear you, please try and do anything you can to let us know that you're around us. Nothing happened. No. It's not uncommon if you do just something very quickly like this that you, you may not necessarily get anything. Some, some people might say it's because ghosts aren't real. Okay, we've looked all around the house. We're back downstairs in the kitchen. Steph, what do you make of it? Uh, it's been very interesting. It's been nice to hear um, Veronica's um, experiences. Um, the house, it does feel like there's spiritual energy here. Veronica, how are you feeling? you feel the ghosts might have let you down today? Well, it would have been nice if they'd all had their party in the front room, as they have done before, but at least Steph's sort of felt the odd thing, so mm. I don't feel like... And you're quite happy with these ghosts being here. They're kind of... They're quite nice housemates. Yeah, quite happy with them, yeah. So there we go. Thank you to Bill and Steph, who are fantastic. The Luton Paranormal Society. Do you have a look at their website. They go out on a little ghostly jaunt. I'm going to join them. I'm going to go out with them one night on a proper, to a proper haunted house type thing. And Veronica, who was, was delightful, was a wonderful host, and was very kind to let us traipse around her house, but... Not a lot happened, to be honest, which is a shame. Because I would love, I would love to be uh, uh, convinced about ghosts. It would, it would really make me. But I just haven't got the evidence. If you have, if you've seen ghostly goings on, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Talking about ha- Halloween as well. Do you like it? Are you a fan of it, or do you think it's nonsense? Shirley has texted him eight one three double three, starting her text three CR. I don't like Halloween. It's begging. And I, ca- I can't afford to buy sweets to buy for other people's children. I do have a police notice on my door. I don't think it's begging, really. It's little eight-year-old kids. Well, it's eight-year-old kids, and they've dressed up as a vampire or a, a, a mummy or something like that, and they're knocking on the door, and they want a, a bag of magic stars. That's not... 
is that begging, really? Dave in Luton says, if Halloween night is causing more crime, the government should ban it all. Oh, Dave, come on. I was stifling a cough. That's why there was a little bit of hesitation there. Ronnie Wood, the Rolling Stone, is set to marry his girlfriend, who is 31 years younger than him. 31. He's 65. I've been asking this morning, can age gap relationships ever work? Leela Collins is a counsellor psychologist and specialises in relationships. Good morning, Leela. Good morning. Does a big age gap matter? Well, uh, it does and it doesn't matter. If you remember, in uh, uh, ancient times, the man was always supposed to be a bit older and they looked down upon... They looked... Uh, they, they didn't think any more about it. Yeah. In fact, it was supposed to be that the men who are better settled and financially able um, can look after the family better. Uh, therefore, it leaves women uh, freer. Uh, from that point of view, uh, it's, it's good. But uh, if there is an enormous ga- age gap, there is the possibility that a man will possibly die uh, long before... Oh, God, yeah. uh, and uh, the woman is left uh, a single parent. But if they are well off and uh, they can provide for, for the family, that's maybe okay. The thing is, Leela, you won't have anything in common. Ronnie Wood, for example, is 65. This, his his fiancée's 34. They won't have anything in common. They won't have watched the same programmes growing up. They won't have the same cultural references. What, what, what will they fine. talk about? That's right. I mean, if Ronnie Wood talks about... Uh, older musicians or older films, uh, the young woman, she said, well, who's that? What are you talking about? You know, uh, it, it could have that um, difficulty. Uh, and uh, our, our needs change as we get older. Mm. Uh, they're not the same. But um, if the couple love each other and it is for love they get married, that's fine. But if it's for financial support and finances are in question, then I, I wonder about it. Can it, and I'm sure, listen, I'm sure they're, they're very happy and I'm sure they're, they're, they're completely in oh, love. I'm but, sure, yes. but can it last, really? Well, from what we've seen of uh, celebrities, it, it may not last. Mm. You know, and the, the thing is, if you're young and you're struggling together to bring up a family is one thing. But if uh, you marry someone much older and he's well settled, then uh, you don't have the struggle of youth and mortgages and whatnot and childcare. Mm. Uh, but the, the question that always comes to my mind is this. If this older man, much, much older man, was, had a menial job, mm. uh, gardener, security man, I don't know, or, or indeed unemployed, would that attraction be there? It's, it's that famous, uh, that Mrs. Merton quote, isn't it, to, to um, uh, Paul Daniels' wife, what first attracted you to multimillionaire Paul Daniels? It's, it's that thing. Uh, it does, you know, obviously I wish them the very best of luck and I hope it works, but is it more acceptable, is, is, Leela, is it more acceptable for it to be an older man and a younger woman than the other way around? Indeed, of course it is, yes. Seldom, very, it happens, but very seldom do you see uh, the other way around. Uh, prosperous women mm. uh, uh, marrying um, uh, a, a young man. Mm. Uh, it's somehow, socially, is acceptable for older men to 
marry much younger women, but not the other way around. Leela, listen, thank you. We have to move on. Thank you very much, Leela Collins, counsellor psychologist. What do you think? Can we find the oldest age gap for people listening to this show, please? We've got 28 years so far. Um, and do they ever work? Do they ever work? Big age gap relationships. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if uh, you want to give us a call. Very excitingly, the uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith team, and I use that word with a very small t, have uh, a buzz down to say that after nine, Jonathan's going to be talking about age gap relationships. The big phone in from nine, he'll be asking, do age gap relationships always end in tears? Uh, if you want to get in touch with him now, don't phone up now for Jonathan. We, we've got a little while to go. You can email if you if you fancy having a chat and they might call you back. 3cr at bbc.co.uk. And that's also the email to get in touch with this show when we're on air or when we're off air. If you just put in the, the heading uh, Ian Lee or Breakfast or something like that, um, then we'll get it and uh, we will have a little look at it. Now, we can go back to our reporter, Justin Dealey, who is live at Langleyberry Mansion in Hertfordshire and he's looking for ghoulies. Justin, have oh. you found anything yet? Well, I, I've got to say, Ian, that, that this is a very, very creepy place. Uh, the mansion itself, Langleyberry Mansion in Hertfordshire, dates back to 1752. Yep. Uh, the house has been empty since, since, what, the 1990s? Something it's, like that, yes. Yeah, owned by the Grove Hotel, now a film location, but it used to be flats. Now, Ian Howe, we heard briefly from Ian earlier on, he lived here, and he has taken me back inside this house. Take a listen to this. Now, Ian, you lived in this building back in the 50s and the 60s. We're standing by the main staircase here. Tell us what you saw here many years ago. Uh, well, on a number of occasions, I've seen a, a, a ghost-like figure walk down those first set of stairs and then down these. Um, it was a, a lady, quite young, in a white dress. They're always in a white dress. Yeah. And uh, she'd walk down here. She'd never get past about the fourth or fifth step. She'd always disappear at that point. Um, and if you went towards her to try and see uh, who it was, that would be it. She'd be gone. But yes, on a, on a number of occasions, myself and, a, and many of my friends, I was quite young at the time, uh, would see her coming down the stairs, but no one ever got close to her. Incredible. Any ideas as to who that might be? Well, um, originally, this was uh, Queen Elizabeth I's hunting lodge. It was built for that. Um, so whether it was anything to do with that or not, we don't sh- we're not sure. Um, we assume it must have been. Um, and th- I know she did have some women who worked for her, one of them whom died in this house, so it could well be her that came down. There's some other stairs a bit further back in the corner, um, and there's been a few things going on over there. I never actually saw anything in the far corner on the stairs we haven't actually been to yet, but um, there's been some people seen there as well. Incredible. OK, we've been told not to go into the cellar. Yes. We're about to go into the cellar right now. Um, <laughs> all sorts of weird things have happened, so I'm just going to walk around the corner in this house. It's Langleybury Mansion in Hertfordshire. I'm going to take a slow walk down these stairs. Goodness me, it looks creepy. OK, right, here we go. So we're now onto the last stair. We're now inside the cellar I know this is probably cliche but but there is a weird weird feeling down here it's very very dark there's all sorts of tunnels you used to come down here when you were a child because this is where things like butter was kept what have you experienced in this cellar in uh, well yes I used to be sent down breakfast was always a difficult time I had to come down and get things like the butter and the milk because we didn't have um, a fridge at that time and um then, and also when you used to come down and play, you used to hear lots of children playing down here, and uh, you could never find them. So a lot of friends of mine would come down, and we'd all look down the end uh, there. As you can see, it goes right down to the end, and the noise of the children would be playing just down there, and we'd sort of head off down there to go and play with them, and when we get there, there's no one there. 
which is always quite worrying. You see, I'm so glad we've got a torch. So as far as you're concerned, this is 100% haunted? Without a shadow of a doubt, yes. With children and the lady on the stairs. Mm, I mean, so. even being here today, now as an adult, a lot of your stories, of course, are from your childhood, but are you quite genuinely scared about being back in the cellar again? Yes. I'm very grateful to have you with me, to be honest, especially as you're taller than me. <laughs> so. I can't fight ghosts. I'm not a ghostbuster. No, but they'll see you coming before they see me, and I'll be off. Don't worry. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely, without a doubt. It's, um, it brings about a lot of memories, to be honest. And, um, yes, we can't hear them at the moment, but is it... No, it's a bit early, I think. Probably playing later on. So that was myself with Ian Howe yeah. inside Langley. Bit, bit early for the gut. Can't yeah. hear them now. Yeah. Ian, I can't see them. Can't hear them now. But trust me, yes, yeah, they're slight, down here. Slight hiss on the line. One thing I would say: yes. a number of my batteries have gone this morning. Ooh, yes. Now that, 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 that that's that's quite an that unusual is a little thing. Bit yes. something. Were they all fully charged? Uh, yes, they were. So Ooh. a few of those have gone. Now Langley Mansion. It's open uh, for the first time to the public, especially for Halloween. If you want to see some more photographs, find out how you can get involved. It's open from six o'clock this evening. It is scarenation.info. But it is a very, very creepy place. Now, you, you genuinely believe in ghosts, I do, you? 100%. Did you feel anything down in that cellar? Well, as I said there, it's only cliche, but I, I could feel something. You, you know, you've you got to remember this place goes back to 1752. It could even yeah. go back further than that. So th- there's so much history here, so many different stories, but, but there is definitely a weird feeling. If ever I've seen a haunted house, this is the place. Justin, well, going off on a, a little bit of a tangent, I guess hmm. it's vaguely connected. Halloween. Are you a yes. fan of Halloween? Have you got a bag of sweets uh, by your front door? <laughs> are you, I can imagine exactly what you're like, a bucket of water. A bucket of water. As a child, I used to enjoy it. I used to enjoy it greatly, but... Um, I think as I've got older, a bit like you, Ian, I've got a bit grumpy about it. I don't mind it, but I certainly don't go out trick or treating. Put it that way. I've got. Well, I hope you wouldn't. You're, you're, you're pushing forty. I've got a ba- <laughs> I've got a bag of sweets by my front door, though. If any eight, nine-year-olds come, yeah. they, they can get have a little lucky dip, have a Twix yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I can't see you going out and buying a bag of sweets for trick or treating. Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you get, do that on the way home. I'm gonna. We've got a pumpkin outside, which means we're open for business. Yeah. And I'm gonna get a, <laughs> on the way home. I'm gonna stop off, get a bag of sweeties. And have them by the front door if anyone comes. As long as they're not, you know, 15, 16, they yeah, can yeah. get lost. Well, but here's a question actually. If somebody knocks at your door and they yes. say trick or trick, and you say, okay, trick, well, what happens next? Well, that, you, you've given them carte blanche to, to do anything, to write... To, it, uh, I nearly said something rude there. Yeah. To write swear words on your front door, is that right? <laughs> no, yes, you've given them carte blanche. Right, i better be careful tonight. Be then. very careful, Justin Dealey. Thank you. I'm so surprised he believes in ghosts. He's such a down to a... We have meetings after this show to discuss what we might be talking about later in the week or whatever. And he's always angry and so forthright and, and, and grounded in reality. He believes in ghosts. Do you? Give us a call and let us know. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lots for you to have your say about in the next and last hour of the show, including police forces in the three counties have stepped up patrols for Halloween. Are you a fan of Halloween? And perhaps more importantly, have you ever seen a ghost? I don't believe. I'd love to believe. I would love to see a ghost. Have you? 81333, start your text 3CR. Learner drivers are causing congestion in Caddington. And here's an interesting one. How much TV do your kids or your grandchildren watch? It's claimed by the time they're seven, the average kid will have watched a year's worth. You can get in touch on the Twitter, at Ian Lee or at BBC3CR. 
you can text 81333, starting your text 3CR, or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's Halloween, which means you may be worried that your car or house will end up covered in egg or flour. Our local police forces in Beds, Hearts and Bucks have told BBC Three Counties that they will be stepping up targeted patrols tonight. Thames Valley Police, which covers Milton Keynes and Buckinghamshire, says last Halloween was the busiest day of the year for them. Well, last night our reporter, Jessica Cooper, went out on patrol with PC Jason Rowe in Milton Keynes and they spoke to some teenagers. Why eggs? What, what is it about eggs because, and flour? Because, yeah, people go egging, yeah, because they think they're big and it's a crack, it's a laugh, and like, they like the little thrill of getting chased and everything. But they haven't got, like, the heart to actually, like, break someone's window and chuck a stone right. through it. I did it, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's so childish. And I got caught once and it scared me. So, scared so me. do you think it's the norm that people are, are sort of accepting that egging is the thing to do on trick-or-treat? Yeah, well, I think most kids think that's the norm to do. They love it. When you did it a couple of years ago, why did you want to do that in the first place? No, I just did it because everyone else is doing it. I'm not, I didn't really chuck it. Oh, I might have chucked one or two, but I was just like, me and my girls, we were doing it, but the boys do it, and we were just like running, and everyone's like, run, run, run. It's like that adrenaline rush. Kids, they love that, do you know what I mean? So why wouldn't you do it now then? What's changed? When you grow up, you realise, like, what if my nan got egged? I would be so annoyed. Like, she can't go out there and clean it all up. That's out of order, do you know what I mean? That means I've got to go around there and clean it up for her. I know mates that my age... That they'll probably still be doing that this year. Some people grow up faster than others, don't they? Have you egged and flowered before? No, I think it's pathetic. It's, it's not worth doing it. Are you planning to go out with eggs and flour? No, I'm not planning to do that either. It's a bit disrespectful, really, isn't it? Well, all of our local police forces have released posters which people can display in their front doors, their windows, if they don't want trick-or-treaters. Superintendent Matthew Nichols from Hertfordshire Police is the local policing deputy commander. Good morning, Superintendent. Good morning, Ian. How do you prepare for tonight? Do you, do you call in extra resources? What, what, what's the plan? Well, first of all, what we do is uh, we look at uh, what's happened years before and we recognise that Halloween in particular has found its profile raised recently um, with, uh, as per your report, with individuals talking about egging and flowering, uh, which we would uh, discourage. So we look at what's happened over, over the last years uh, look at where our uh, seats of antisocial behaviour and disorder might be and then plan accordingly. So this is now a well-oiled machine for Hertfordshire Chicken Stabbery. We look at uh, where the uh, demand is and increase resources. So we have extra uh, policing, um, extra police community support officers and extra special con- constabulary officers on duty uh, throughout today and throughout the week. How recent... Uh, has this kind of, you know, peak in, in antisocial behaviour been? Because I remember when I was a kid, <coughs> excuse me, Halloween, it wasn't anything. It didn't really exist. Uh, 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 interesting point, uh, and I think it's uh, more, of a, more of a social issue, really. I mean, I, I try and think back to, likewise, when I was a child, and, and I don't remember it having any prominence, and I think probably it's been in about the last decade right. where we've seen uh, Halloween... Um, been taken over more around this whole trick-or-treat element as opposed to uh, children um, enjoying the idea of uh, um, a festival, really. Mm. I mean, you talked about, uh, in your uh, um, article earlier, it talked about, had you seen a ghost? And I I think there's something about an element of making sure that there is fun around Halloween and that we discourage the uh, the antisocial behaviour element, which is 
uh, and it's an interesting point. I've never heard the term egging before, but egging and flowering, we would, we would strongly discourage that. What kind of other things, apart from the egging and flowering, what kind of other things do, do you think you might be having to deal with? Well, um, at, at, the, uh, at the higher end of um, disorder, you know, we have seen in the past um, sort of criminal behaviour, um, which, you know, r- public order offences, uh, shouting and swearing and being threatening to people. Um, uh, but at, at the lower end, it is the things like um, egging and flowering. We've seen uh, uh, th- these, these little posters, these cards you can put in your window and on your letterbox saying, no trick-or-treats, please. Do, do, do things like that actually work? Well, I mean, this is something that we're really uh, trying to push this year to understand whether it uh, does or doesn't. I mean, you know, I'm aware of people on Halloween that will, you know, literally turn out their lights and, uh, you know, stay in the back room of of a house to avoid people uh, coming to their door. And and that's really unacceptable. People should feel safe uh, in their own homes. And by uh, being proactive and and showing uh, these posters, it will hopefully encourage... Um, better behaviour, more responsible behaviour, and and allow more people to get involved in something that should be fun for children um, to have um, some fun with their parents. Matthew, two questions uh, before we go. First one, will you have a bag of sweeties by your front door for for kids? Um, I I will, uh, because I have a three-year-old daughter who um, has has got a witch's outfit to wear this evening. Excellent. Good for you. And final question, Superintendent Matthew Nichols. Have you ever seen a ghost? Um, not to date, no. Okay. Do you, uh, do you believe in them? Um, I think that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> oh, we, 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 come on, we're getting the human side of the police for him, for here, Matthew. Uh, well, um, um, I, 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 I believe in some supernatural powers, yes. Fantastic. Superintendent, uh, oh, the wrong fader. Superintendent Matthew Nichols, thank you very much indeed. Um, thank you very much. Talking about Halloween, are you a fan of it? Are you excited by it? Good, good egg for him for, for having a bag of sweets by the door. He's got a three-year-old daughter, and that's kind of the age where the kids start going, oh, this looks fun, can I wear a costume? My little boy's um, not quite aware of it yet, but we have um, done pumpkins, and we had a little sort of mini party in their bedroom the other day. It was just them and me and their mum, and they were dressed up in their, their ghostly costumes. And interest- isn't it interesting that the, the, the police officer, the superintendent, believes in slightly supernatural things that are out there? And people do. People do. The most sensible, down-to-earth people do. If you've ever seen a ghost, right, I wait 459 four double five five double five and if you think it's complete and utter nonsense and everyone should grow up also give us a call talking about halloween robin is in hemel henstead uh good morning uh robin good morning Ian. Uh, now you are preparing for what i believe is known as a halloween howl up it has been called that what on earth is it man well essentially every halloween uh we started oh, i must have been seven eight years ago just putting a few decorations outside our house uh, and since then, these decorations have grown and grown and grown. So now it's a case of we have inflatables that are 15 foot tall. Uh, sound effects, smoke machines, uh, lightning machines, and hundreds of people just turn up from all around the neighbours, uh, the community. Everyone just comes along and all dresses up and just joining in. And it's basically almost a street party. Wow. 
I'm, 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 listen, I'm all up for street parties. I love things like that. <laughs> but some people will say, for goodness sake, Robin, it's a horrible Americanism. What on earth are you doing importing that toot from over there? Well, obviously, there's parts of it that are Americanized, but obviously, if you look back into Halloween, it does date back to a, 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 it's a, it's a British tradition, an old pagan tradition that where it started, mm. uh, and then obviously it was imported or exported over to America, and then they, what well, well, the Americans do quite well, glamorized it, mm. <laughs> and it sort of come back. And it just seems to have grown every year. More and more people seem to be getting involved with it. Do you get anyone, Robin, who um, is offended by it? I'll tell you why I asked that. Because a couple of weeks ago on Jonathan's show, there was, on the Consumer Hour, there was a caller who'd booked a week away and hadn't realised it was going to be a Halloween-themed week. And her religious beliefs prohibited her from indulging in Halloween. Do you ever get anyone who, who says, come on now, this is not appropriate, you should take all this down? Um, absolutely, absolutely, no. Right. Ne- never have. Nobody's come along. In fact, many people have come along and asked if we are collecting for charity or anything like that, which we don't do. We just, uh, do it for the fun of it. We've got, I've got two little girls myself, and they join in, all of their friends come along, and their parents, everybody dresses up, and it just becomes a fun night. We sort of start, as soon as it gets dark, all the lights go on, and everyone just sort of hangs around, chats. It, 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 it was always the first time I met all of my neighbours wow. on my street when we did this, and now everyone comes along, and actually people come along and said, oh, would you like this? And people have given us stuff to put up as well to join in. So nobody has ever said, oh, this is a disgrace or anything like that. So it, it, it's actually where something something good has come of it. Yeah. So people, you know, Halloween has always had a bit of a reputation. Oh, the teenagers do this, and they run around knocking on doors and throwing stuff at windows. Nothing like that at all. Robin, listen, have a cracking night. Listen, I do like a bit of a street party. You don't get many street parties these days. The street I'm in, they have a a party every year. Uh, And it's nice because you get to see your neighbours, you get to kind of hang out, you get to meet people. It it, 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 uh, creates a sense of community. I'm all for that. Small communities kind of supporting each other and stuff like that. Uh, We've got a caller coming up uh, after the the travel and the news headlines who claims to uh, have a ghost that follows her and visits her around. We'll, we'll, fight, we'll speak to Luanne from Amptel in a bit. In sport, England are batting. Now, we have a correction in this, I believe. I've been criticised on Twitter by Daniel. It's, it's cricket. I don't know anything about cricket. Uh, I've been saying a touch match. Apparently, it's, it's a tour match. Who knows? We'll investigate and find out, and someone will let you know. England are batting on day two of their tour match against India. A short time ago, they were 136 for four in the 40th over. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Now, who's getting cold feet about the shooting now? You're coming in looking a little bit anxious about it. No, no. No, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I'm confident. I've been taking a bit of target practice. Have you? Yes, I've been aiming at things. With what? With, uh... With, with pebbles, with anything like that, <laughs> seeing if I can hit them. So, for those who don't know, Jonathan and I are going to Luton Hoo tomorrow, and we're going to go uh, clay pigeon shooting, uh-huh. which I'm very excited about. In you, tweed. It, <laughs> oh, I've got to wear, <laughs> dress smart, smart, haven't I? And you've been practising by throwing pebbles at things. Yes. Gravel. Well, any not, little bits and pieces. That's not how guns work. No, but I'm just I'm perfecting my aim, because I've never been very good with my aim. Right. I can't throw. Do, do, throw this, we have the new step single here. Throw the new se- step CD, try... <laughs> a little bit... Li- you shot before you were meant to. A little bit trigger-happy, I think. <laughs> See? 
They listen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just if I were you, stay well away from wherever they do the shooting at Luton Hoo tomorrow. I would tomorrow. do a five mile radius from the whole of Luton. Yeah, I will be recording it. We will record it and we will play it out on the air at some point. It probably will get played out next week. So <laughs> as long as I survive it to edit it. Oh, that would be so awful. I wonder who'd have to do breakfast if uh, if I shot you tomorrow. Why are you saying it who'd in that slightly menacing Why? way? Why are you doing that? <laughs> I'd just like to have a backup plan. I mean, had we better get someone organised for a Friday? David Prever is on standby. <laughs> the boss has him on speed dial, just in case. She's, she's been, everyone's been warned, warned, OK? So, but just, I, don't, I don't like the slightly menacing tone that oh. you're setting it up. So no, that- no, no, don't worry, you'll be all right. If I get shot, they're so playing this in court, and you're going to go to prison for 20 years. <laughs> 20? Yes. Is that all I'd get? It sounds even more tempting. It's almost worth it for the crack. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Father. Maybe you should tell us what's happening on your show. Well, coming up on the show this morning, I'm continuing with your discussion you've been having today. Yes. Ronnie Wood. Mm. What about him? He's only 65. He looks a lot... He looks about 85. He does. He's uh, he's not age well. He's the most leathery of all the leathery stones. So she's 34. He's 65. That means um, when she was 16, he was 47 just to put that in a, in a different kind of perspective. OK, thank you. Uh, Sally Humphreys is Ronnie Wood's third wife, and whilst we all wish them well, is 31 years just too great an age gap to build a successful relationship? Let me shout some couples at you. Please do. Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. What was the age gap there? Quite a lot. So you don't know? Well, I've got it upstairs. I didn't bring that down. <laughs> Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher. What was the age gap there? About 16 years. Liz Dennis and Amanda Holden. Madonna and Jesus. I mean, these are just some... What what was his name? Jesus. (laughs) These are just some of the celebrity couples for which an age gap has been too much. (laughs) Well, from nine this morning, do age gap relationships always end in tears? Oh, you're on form today, yes. Jesus was a... Why do you... Why do you... (laughs) Isn't he laughing? Oh, like what those, was his name? His name's Jesus. You're like those <laughs> terrible, those terrible news reporters. Luckily, Catherine doesn't do it. Those terrible reporters who, when they pronounce a foreign name, and earlier on in Tehran, they would, and they do the accent. You don't do the. You don't go. And earlier on in Newcastle, they don't do that. <laughs> but, that's, but that's his name. You can't. If he's called Jesus, you can't start saying right, Jesus. <laughs> that's his name. Or, or, at a push, I call him Jesus. But not... Yes, but if you say, you know, como te llama, and he says, mi amor es Jesús, you can't say, all right, Jesus. You're just a rude. Is his name Jesus? (laughs) 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 All right, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't, I'm going to let myself... Have a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I come, go now. that's the show, is it? <laughs> yes. Okay, please do. If you want to, could you say it one more time, please? Do age gap relationships always end in tears? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then could you say Jesus again? Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, there are tiny. I'd be honest. A tiny little bit of wee has come out. It has. It has. It has. I, I, I shouldn't show that, but I've, I've just done it. Thank you very much. I'm going to press this for a second. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah.
Okay. I, 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 can, can, we, can we stop him coming in? I think that's the only way to defeat this. Well, because this show, I'm really, we're really, the team here and I are really starting to kick this show into shape. Got a way to go, but it's getting there. And then he just comes in and, 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 and sabotages it. I, I, we, we need to, to work on that. We're talking about ghosts. Have you ever seen a ghost? Luanne is from Amtil. Good morning, Luanne. Good morning. I, I just want to say you two are completely oh, wasted. I, 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 in, in, in more ways than one. I'm sorry you have to follow that embarrassment of <laughs> oh, broadcasting. No, you, you make my morning. You really do. Oh, dear. He's very naughty, that JVS, isn't he? You both are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, I won't carry on after that nonsense. Right, listen, you've seen a ghost, have you? I haven't seen one, no. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, why have you called in? Well, because I have I have a shop in Amtil. Yes. And um, when I before I moved in, yeah. <clears throat> the lady who had it before me said, oh, I hope you're, you're waiting, you know, you're ready for something. And I went, what do you mean, am, am I ready for something? She said, well, we've got a little friend. And I said, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I said, <laughs> What do you mean, a little friend? She said, well, somebody used to come in and line up all of our um, our nail varnishes. I was like, right, okay. I said, oh, I don't, it doesn't bother me, you know. Yeah. Kind of didn't really think about it. Until the second day that I moved in my shop with my little work experience, who was uh, 14, going on 15. Yeah. And she came in, she said, what did you do with all these toys? I went, what do you mean, what did I do with all them? She said, all these toys are all lined up in, in oh. a row. <laughs> <laughs> table in the middle of the room yeah. and these plastic animals had all been lined up oh. row by row oh, no. nobody had been in the shop apart from me and her so I know that it wasn't either of us two yeah. so I, we just poo-pooed it and kind of the, the spark went up on the back of my neck and I thought no somebody's winding us up did you see the phrase poo-poo well done I like <laughs> it yeah, no, it's one of my favourite phrases good work yes <laughs> So anyway, a few days later, after we came in, we'd set all the shop off and everything, and we came in, and there was a circle of the same animals on the same table. Oh, no. And that just got it. I thought, right, okay, welcome to the shop. I thought, if you've got the ideal shop, you can play in now. So we, 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 we call him Harry. <laughs> good use, not such a good use of the phrase wee-wee. Not wee. <laughs> 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 So, <laughs> I'm so not going to last my contract. So, you have a little boy, it's a little boy called Harry. Well, that's what we've named him, right. yeah. And how often does he come and uh, arrange the toys? Well, it seems once we sussed him out, he kind of didn't visit as often as what um, right. we kind of, like, because I came in almost yeah. expecting things to have happened. Yeah. And it, it always happens when you least expect it. It's like as if to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch you out today because you're not looking for me. Right. And that's when it happens, um, you know, like the things will be on the floor that weren't there or things will... It's line. He just loves lines or shapes of putting things in circles or lines. Lion, can I ask you a question? What? Do you like a drink? No, I don't drink at all. Oh. You can ask my husband. He's standing right next to me. Uh, put, put, put him on. Yeah, OK. Here you go. Hello? Does she drink? Not at all. Mm. Never. What's your name, sir? My name's Jim. Jim, uh, uh, do you... Now, listen, she seems convinced by this ghost. Are you as convinced? Um, uh, yeah, I would have thought... Uh, yeah, I, I believe her. I, I don't disbelieve her, but... <laughs> a, listen, are you only saying that because she's next to you? Well, no. I'm married to her and all, but... <laughs> so, so you're, 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 you believe in this ghost as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, Jim and Luanne, thank you very much indeed. Spooky, huh? See, when you hear things... Uh, listen, I don't believe in ghosts. I'd love to. When you hear things like that... Th does it send a little shiver down your spine? That does me. My heart's beating a little bit. I'll tell you something else that gets my heart beating a little bit. Nick Coffer. Ooh. 
Nick, from uh, 12 till 3 o'clock. At 12 today, Nick speaks to Demand, a charity that makes bespoke equipment for disabled people. Also, Gary Hughes tells him, uh, tells Nick how he's benefited from using the equipment. He's got clairvoyant Gillian Kemp coming in to give an insight into the supernatural. And from two, computer whiz Peter Rochford is answering your questions. Now, this is a, this is a sick twist here, isn't it? Computer whiz Peter Rochford coming to answer your questions. Email him now. Well, if, you, if your computer's not working, you don't know how to do it, you're screwed. But if your computer is working, nick at bbc.co.uk. Nick Hoffer, today, uh, from midday. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a big Ferris wheel, nicknamed the Lutonite. It's up in St George's Square in Luton. Now, reporter Ollie Bayliss went to visit the big wheel with local historian Chris Grabham. So I'm in St George's Square, underneath the Lutonite, with local historian Chris Grabham, and we're going to go up and, and see what we can see from up there. How are you with heights, Chris? I think I'm OK, but we'll find out when we get up there. We're about halfway up, and I'm, I have to say I'm quite surprised how far we can see up here. Yes, I can see more than I expected. Over behind us, you can see the, um, the, the new town hall. Um, well, I say new. It opened in 1936, but it replaced an earlier one that was burnt down in the riot of 1919. Next saw to it, you've got the, um, the old Liberal Club, which is now a couple of shops, and I think behind it you've got uh, town hall offices. That's a Grade 2 listed building like the, uh, the town hall. If we were here, say, in the 1940s, how different would St George's Square have looked? Um, It would have looked very different. Um, You would have had another row of buildings on this side of Manchester Street, uh, facing the shops there. You would have had the... um, Over where you've got the Galaxy Centre now, you've got the um, the co-op buildings, uh, and also there was a garage, Dickinson and Adams, which later became part of the co-op, and that was all demolished to make way for the the Galaxy Centre. And, of course, the Arndale Centre over this side wouldn't have been there. You would have had, just along here, Williamson Street uh, and a whole network of streets underneath the Arndale Centre itself, uh, including Waller Street, which sort of goes down pretty much along the spine of the Arndale. You would have had shops and hat factories and other industrial units uh, around there. Which buildings around here would have been the old hat factories when Luton was famous for hat making? Well, quite a lot of them. There's a building that you can see just now they've demolished the car park straight ahead as, uh, was a hat factory uh, and that's another Grade 2 listed building uh, and, and right along Guildford Street you had quite a lot of, uh, of hat factory buildings and you've still got some hat factories still going in Luton today, especially in the high town area. It's not nearly such a big industry as it used to be, but uh, but Luton still does its uh, its bit for hat making. I'm here with Robbie, who's one of the guys that's running the Luton Eye. Now, how long are you here for? Uh, till the actual 4th of November. So there's a lot of locals, I guess, that are keen to see what Luton looks like from, from that sort of height. Yeah, yeah, there has been a few on, wondering what the views are about like, and a few have got on, took some photos when we've had some clear days, so it's not too bad. Is this something you do every year? Yeah, 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 well, we travel with it all over the country and that, so it's quite nice. You meet different people all the time as well, which is a nice thing to do in life, you know, we enjoy it. We're standing outside the Luton Eye. Is this something that would appeal to you? 
absolutely. I think it's fantastic. I haven't seen it yet, so it's brilliant. I didn't even know it was up. It's here for the rest of the week. Is it something you're going to give a go? I would love to. I'm trying to convince my son to come on it with me, but no, it's a great idea. Really, really cool. Is the Lucy and I something you would consider going on? Not in a million years. Why is that? It's the wrong place. It's in a built-up area in the middle of town. It's completely in the wrong place altogether. Is going on the Lucy and I something that would appeal to you? Oh, yes. I, I've saw, I saw it last week and um, hoping to get on it. it. It's for someone like um, who's on no budget, can't seem to go to London, you know. <laughs> what is it that appeals to you about it? Looks similar like London Eye. You get the feel of London Eye. There we go. Excellent work there from our reporter, Ollie Bayliss. On FM, AM, and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, it's been fun this morning. There's several bits of this I think will be posted online as an audio boot. If you don't know what it is, it means we, we take little two, three, four minute sections of the show and put them back up online so you can hear them uh, again as, as little stand up bits. You can, of course, uh, listen to the whole show again anytime uh, by going to the BBC iPlayer. And if you type in me, Ian Lee, and it's Ian I A I N, you need that extra I to locate me, I A I M, then you can find um, the shows. I think they're up there for about a week or something like that. I don't quite know. Coming up in this half an hour, do you believe in ghosts? I don't. We've had some cracking stories from people that... The thing is, the people that have called in and that we've spoken to, and the lady, Veronica, whose house I went to visit, they're all... I don't mean this as an insult. They're all so normal. It's not fruitcakes going, well, I saw a ghost and it comes and lives in with me. They, they're, they're normal people telling these stories. I don't believe in them. I, I, I'm open-minded. I would love to believe in them, but I'm not convinced. Also, in this half hour, why one Luton councillor is fed up with learner drivers clogging up the town's roads. If you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555, or you can text 81333, starting your text, 3CR. Kate is in Luton. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Kate, have you, have you seen a ghost? I have, but we have, uh, we've had lots of things going on in our house. Well, go on, tell us some. <laughs> well, the one I've seen was in my bedroom, and that frightened the life out of me, and I thought it was my husband, but that's another story. <laughs> the next what? one is... Sorry. What did you see? I saw a man stood in my bedroom door, oh, fully clothed, as solid as solid can be. Yes. Um, and I put my hand to my husband and felt him still in bed with me. Oh, my God. And I, and I made him get out of bed and check the house we weren't being burgled. So th- this was... Had you just woken up? Um, I was wide awake. Because okay. I was... I'm a bit of an insomniac. Okay. But your, your daughter's seen a ghost as well, has she? She has. She has. She... When she was very little, um, she screamed at me. Mummy, there's a little boy sat next to my brother. And I went upstairs and said, okay... And she said he was still there, and I couldn't see anything. And then she, I said, well, what's his name then? And she told me. Um, and I said, well, you said he, he died of a coughing sickness, mummy. So um, I looked it up on the internet, yeah. on the census that had just gone live at the time, because yeah. she told me date that it, date he'd been born. I can't remember the details now, though. What was his name? Do you remember his name? I remember the surname was Crabtree, but I can't remember the first name. All I remember is it being quite unusual. Yeah, OK. And... I looked it up and, well, I found a family called Crabtree living yeah. on a farm yeah. with a little boy with this name. Right. Um, I got a medium in to, to check it out and she came. I didn't tell her any details. She confirmed that she was seeing this little boy and he had one of TB. Um, there was a little girl that was playing with them as well, with a pram, spirit pram. And um, This is some spooky shizzle you're giving me it, here. It 
it was. It, it was very free, and, I, and I'm convinced <laughs> that ghosts exist now. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Oh, Kate, you swear <laughs> you swear on your life that this is true. I that this is a true story. My, You're not winding I, me up. I swear on my children's life, it is not wow. made up. And I mean, we, we also saw a, my, my husband's um, granddad visitors one one day. He was in the corner of the room where our telly used to be, and the telly turned off and on again. And my my husband just said, "Oh, my granddad just popped his head through the wall." And disappeared. And apparently, what we've been told by the medium is that they use electrical um, equipment to, yeah. to get enough energy to sort of pop up. <laughs> Do you take drugs, right. Kate? No, okay. I don't. Okay, I can't go down that avenue. There's some, there's some, it's, I find it, were these all in the same house or in different, different All homes? in the same house. Okay. We've lived in the same house all our marriage, and I, I don't really drink either, so I can't oh. really blame that. Kate, I, I appreciate you. Do you t- have you told your friends that you've seen these things? I, ha- I have told friends that believe, yes. And, and, um, well, okay, if you told, so you've got friends that don't believe, would, would they laugh at you if you said something? I do find worrying that they might think I'm absolutely bonkers but when, yeah. when I told them that particular story where I looked it up on the internet mm. they, they've stopped, they, one of them changed their mind a little bit wow. and, and thought it was a bit more maybe there was something in it. Kate, listen, for Kate and Luton. Now listen, when you hear things like that uh, I have Kate's word for it. She said, didn't she sound normal and straightforward and sensible? Sensible I think is the word, more than normal. I, I'm sure she has no reason to make that up. And, but it gets me jealous that I've not seen anything then. If this does happen, then what, why haven't I seen anything? If you've got any stories, or if you can, if you think it's all nonsense, let's, let, let's try and get a bit of balance here. If you think it's all nonsense, complete guff. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Ian. Are, are you, Halloween. Are you a fan of it? Uh, I'm neither way. It doesn't. It doesn't count in my calendar, sort of thing. Will, uh, you, will you have a bag of sweeties by your front door? I usually do anyway. They were for there for me. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Y- your your nephew is 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 celebrating Halloween in a strange way, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I'm not making this comment about you. It's about me. But being a bit sick and a bit slow on the uptake. Yes. I got a wedding invitation from them about oh, a month ago. Yeah. Nicely done on card and everything. Unique style of writing, etc. Yes. And it's only been in the last few days that the pennies dropped because they are both goths. Oh, okay. well, I'm and so sorry to hear that. Pagans too. Right. And um, the car then, it's the, it's the wedding is today, the 31st of October. Yeah. Okay, and I phoned my sister and I said, it's Halloween. She said, yes, that's why they're doing it. Oh. Take a look at the little note at the bottom and it says where the registry office is and it says, followed by supper and spirits. Oh. <laughs> they're getting married specifically because it's Halloween. Hang on a second. So it, it's a Halloween-themed wedding? Well... They don't say that specifically, but they've obviously dropped clues in it. It does say we don't want a formal uh, dress attire. You totally have to dress up as Dracula. Well, I'm just going to go as I am, because I'm 65 now, and I look in the mirror every day, and I see a ghost in there. It's this grey old, oh, man. Me. Listen, you've totally got to go as Dracula. One of my, I, I, uh, let me go off on a slight tangent, if you'll indulge me. Last yeah. week, uh, Friday, I was at Luton Airport, flying to Glasgow, and I saw a woman wearing a cape. Right, she was wearing a cape, and I got really jealous because I would love to wear a cape. And men, and men can't wear capes; they can't do it unless they're dressed as vampires. Tony, That's good, isn't it? D- it is good to get a cape, slick back your hair, Ray Reardon style. Uh, as a reference for the for the, the eighteen, nineteen year old, and twenty year old kids listening, I'm two thirds uh, there already. Exactly. Well, go, go, go as a vampire. There's another little twist to this. Go on. It's just again dawned on me. It's, it's sort of like a synchronicity thing. Yeah. His surname is Priestman. 
There you go. You see, it's getting too spooky. Tony, we have to end it there because I'm afraid that the, the, the people listening to the show, it's half term. We've got kids listening to the show. I'm very popular with the, 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 the 14-year-old children and they'll be absolutely terrified. They will be absolutely, maybe not popular, actually. They've never heard of me. But if they were, if I were popular with those children, they will be terrified by that last call. 08459 455 555. Learner drivers in Caddington. Here's a change of pace, if ever there was one. Need to be moved on to stop traffic congestion, according to the local councillor. Councillor Richard Stay has written on his blog that people are puzzled as to why so many learner drivers use the village roads. He says there are often queues of learners doing three-point turns on estate roads. Our reporter, Victoria Cook, went to speak to the people of Caddington and asked them how busy it gets with learners. Oh, no, they didn't at all. Let's try again, shall we, Victoria? Yes, thank you. They can get very busy here and slip end. And in the mornings, they're a nightmare. Let's say more so slip end, because they're just everywhere over there. And they just slow everybody down, like, you know? Basically, I think they should go on an industrial estate out the way. That's where they should be learning to drive until they can drive properly and keep in flow with the traffic. So you're a learner driver. Tell me what it's like while you're learning to drive on roads around here. People get up. Up the back here, pretty close, and that. It's like they've got no time for learners. Do you think it gets busy around the Caddington area with learner drivers? It does, yeah. Yeah, we get a load of them around here, yeah. The only place I've seen learner drivers is around Elm Avenue, and they always use that Leadwell Road and the next close to practice reversing. No, I haven't seen anything, any learner driver causing a problem around here. I can't say. They've got, all got to learn. They do drive me mad, but then I think about my daughters who will be doing it soon, and I try to get a bit more patience. But they've got to learn somewhere, I suppose, but there must be better places than around a little village like this with a bad, one bad road, you know, or two bad roads, perhaps with that one. And it has an impact on the whole village? Well, it does, yeah. Especially around the side streets, you know, people, you drive around the corner and someone's coming backwards at you, you know. And well, we're drawing, uh, joined now by Chris Budgeon. He's from Axel's Driving School in Hemel Hempstead. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Yep. Now, listen, I, I, I only just found this out, but earlier on when we were, were planning the programme, we spoke to a, a female driving instructor in Watford uh, to see if she'd come on. She didn't want to come on the show, but she told us that she was once, and this is incredible, was once punched in the face by an angry resident who was frustrated she was teaching pupils to drive down their road. Is that, I'm assuming that's not common, but have you heard stories of, of not necessarily physical violence, but, but residents getting angry? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've experienced it myself. Um, really? Yeah. Yes, on occasion. Not, 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 not to the extent of any violence. What, what um, happened? Um, well, I mean, a similar thing, really. I was doing a parallel park once myself in training and just had a, a, um, a local resident approach the car, knocked on the window, and just, um, just asked me, in a slightly angry manner, you know, would you, would you mind moving on somewhere else and not doing that on my car? Um, but I, mean, I, was, I was quite happy to do that, but I did point out to him that if he didn't really appreciate people doing it on his car, that he could have parked it on his driveway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on occasions I've heard, um, I had actually a pedestrian on one occasion come up and knock on my, knock on my window and say to me, I don't think you're fit to be an instructor. Wow. You've parked, you know, on the brow of a hill. Um, and you're, you're far too close to a junction, at which point you know, I pointed out to him that I was actually doing a mock test, and it wasn't actually my decision as to where the learner was parking. Obviously, I'm not allowed to give him any assistance yeah. you know, in that situation. Do um, you ever feel intimidated, Chris? Once or twice. I mean, it's rare. I yeah. mean, um, sometimes, um, you know, the, the vast majority of people sometimes are just a little bit inconsiderate, and everybody wants to get past the learner if they don't want to be held up. Mm. So you experience people doing, you know, shouldn't be. I've experienced people going the wrong side of mini roundabouts, for example, just to get past 
Bursts or wow. the wrong side of keep left signs and that sort of thing to get in front of you. I'm always very respectful of the learner drivers. I keep a distance, never beep them, never flash them. Well, I think I think that there are some that are very, very considerate, but they seem to be the minority, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I think the vast majority of people do, you know, often do drive very, very close behind you. Um, and sometimes it's just a little bit of lack of understanding. I've had people say, why don't you go and choose a quieter road to practice those manoeuvres? Which obviously is why, uh, you know, obviously generally when you're first teaching them, you do tend to choose the quieter roads and the wider roads. But, but people seem to forget that when you're doing a test in the real world, you, mm. you have to be on a road where there is going to be some traffic because it's more similar to the actual situation, you know, on a practical test. And so inevitably you are going to hold one or two people up. Chris, um, listen, we're out of time, but thank you very much. Chris Budgen there from uh, Axel's Driving School in Hemel Hempstead. I wasn't aware of people getting a bit feisty with the driving instructors. Wow. Uh, and don't forget that JVS will be on in 12 minutes' time. I'll be asking, can age gap relationships ever work? Can they ever last? Um, it, does, it does strike me as odd. We've been talking about this because Ronnie Wood is 65. He's marrying a girl 34. Uh, can they work? The, the, the biggest age gap we found amongst our listeners was 28. You've got 10 minutes if you want to get in touch and let me know of a bigger age gap. Uh, Justin Dealey has been out and about speaking to people. You're in Kings Langley. I am. Uh, Justin, uh, would you ever consider an older or a younger lady? So it's well, a weird question, does it? Sorry, that's just really, I don't mean to sound as inappropriate me. and crass uh, as it does. I, I am quite happy at this moment in time, but never say never, as they say. <laughs> oh dear, I'm in trouble now. And I'm they, in uh, trouble. Let's, let's move on. What have you yes. got for us? Well, I'm in Kings Langley in yes. Harbourshire, lovely village. I'm here with Jeff. We're going to get some live reaction to this story. Jeff, welcome to the programme. Ronnie Wood, 65. Sally Humphreys, 34. Your reaction. Well, I think she must like his guitar prowess, or she's got a dad who's about as old as I am and <laughs> probably wants good tickets to a good concert, so he's probably pushing her into this, I expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. L- like the sarcasm. Now, you have a story yourself about your daughter. Tell us more about that. Well, she said I can say this, but uh, I have a daughter who's 22 and 23 now, and uh, she lives with a really nice guy who's about 20 years older than she is. And, uh, yeah, her mum and I were a bit um, surprised, mm. but he seems a really, really good guy, and frankly, we're glad he can take care of her, because yeah. we gave up. <laughs> I mean, talking man to man here, how do you feel about this? When you first heard about this, and 20 years, it's quite a big age gap. How did you feel about that as her dad? Well... Honestly, you worry about well, both of them, for that matter. He's actually a really nice chap, and once you meet somebody like anything in life, once you face up to it, it's never near as bad as you imagine. And he's a lovely guy, and you just worry for both of them that they're into something that, you know, will work for both of them, and they won't get hurt. And that's what you worry about your kids mostly for. You just don't want to see them get hurt. Is he immature? No, but he has a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> has a cool car. <laughs> so, so you think, hopefully... Look at- <laughs> That's a great <laughs> line, that, cool isn't it? Car. Genius stuff here from Fantastic. Jeff. So, so long term here, Jeff, is this going to work out? Do I need to go and buy a new suit for the wedding? I wouldn't even hazard a guess at this point. But, um, well, keep your wardrobe tidy. Excellent stuff. There you go. How great was that? Jeff, talking mm. to us live this morning. Kings Langley in. Terrific. The, the, the dad of the girl that uh, Ronnie Wood is going to marry is only one year older. He, he's 66. Ronnie yeah. Wood's 65. He's 66. And he went and got permission... From the dad. That, it all just sounds a little bit odd to me. I like what your fella said there yeah. about maybe the dad wants tickets to see the Rolling Stones, because they are yeah. about grand apiece. So. Yeah, I heard about this. You know, as, as much as I love the Rolling Stones, I have seen them live before. Probably the best concert I've ever been to. But I wouldn't pay a £1,000 no. to go and see them. But I've got to say, I think they will sell out 100%. I saw them in 77. <laughs> oh, hang on a second. What was that? I saw them with, um, oh, in uh, 1977 yeah. with Kansas. In Buffalo, New York. Wow. Any good? 
yeah, they were a lot younger. Yeah. And I saw them in Paris as well back in the 80s. And Mick Jagger definitely, definitely was you're wearing a prop in his trousers. <laughs> Would you pay a grand? No. <laughs> that, that's the outrageous Jeff joining us live I, I don't Lately. get what Jeff means wearing a prop. Oh, yeah. I get it right. Uh, so I just got that. Oh, dearie, dearie me. Uh, Sandra is in Bedford. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. Getting a lot of calls this morning. I'm enjoying this. Sandra, you, 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 are, uh, you were in an, a, a relationship where there's a big age gap. Um, yeah, I was married to John, who was um, 18, 19 years older than me. Um, when I met him, I didn't realise he was, was older than that than me, and we d- it didn't really bother me. I loved him. We were friends yeah. to start off with, really. I How old were you? I was 26. Okay. Uh, and did did your family or your friends kind of go, oh, Sandra, what are you doing? Um, not my friends, but um, my mum wasn't... Uh, it was my mum, really, more than anything. Mm. She felt, you know, that I could do better for myself and that sort of thing. Um, but I loved John, you know, and so it, it sort of overruled everything else. Mm. And so those things were... Um, you know, you, the thing is, you have to learn to, um... Sandra, you know, where, Sandra can I ask, where are you? Bedford. Well, well, what's going on in the background? Oh, um, it was a loud, oh. loud, um, speaker oh, thing. the loudspeaker thing. Yeah. Right, okay. It's gone now. And so how long were you married to him for? Um, 25 years. Right. Well, I would, I mean, he's died now, but, right. I mean, I would still be married to him. See, that's part of the problem, years. isn't it? You must have known that he, with him being older than you, it was likely he was going to pass before you. Did yeah, that not did, worry you? We did talk about it. Yeah. Um, and we've got three children, um, lovely children, that the memories they've got of their dad are good, mm. you know. I mean, he had time for me. You know what I mean? Or just little things. He had time for and Did, were there never things though where you'd sit down and he'd talk about like music or ba- or films or something and you go, John, I've got no idea what you're talking about, mate. No, because the thing is, you learn to listen, and well, let you listen to what I say. You know, music I liked, I listened to what he liked. You know, and we used to talk if he didn't like it. You know, I mean, no, I think it was a it, it's a two way thing. You have to learn to. Um, Mm, I don't know the word, you know. Mm. I think the, the word you've got to is listen, Sandra, and that's, that's the key, I think, in any relationship. Thank you very much, Sandra in Bedford. Husband was 18 years older. Look, I've got a load of texts and emails here. Let me try and do some of these. Uh, Dominic says, did you know the Three Counties radio station is supposed to be haunted? Yes, apparently. Is there like, it's like a Viking or something who lives in the basement or something like that, apparently. Uh, Frank says, spirits tend to home in on children. I saw one as a child, never mentioned it to anyone. Discovered recently, 30 years, that my twin saw the same one as a child in the same room on a separate occasion. Uh, Beryl talks about Halloween. When children knock on my door on Halloween, I open the door and say to the child, wow, you look fantastic, why are you dressed like that? Child says, it's Halloween. I say, so what's that all about? Child shrugs shoulders and doesn't know, so I tell them to go away and find out and then come back. Oh, Beryl, bah humbug. Ian, I think trick-or-treat is a real nuisance. Too many elderly people are going to be quite frightened by unexpected callers. There is the potential for children knocking on strangers' doors unaccompanied. It's a licence for vandalism. Why do we still have this nonsense going on? Uh, That's Yenda in Sundon. Right, Um, Janet is in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. We've been talking about the, the sort of supernatural, spooky things, healing, all this kind of stuff this morning. What's your take on it? 
Um, well, I, I attend a circle every week with a group of other people. Circle. And we give each other, yeah, it's a, it's a circle of clairvoyance and mediumship. Oh, okay. So, so, how does that work? Uh, we give each other messages, and um, we we train and learn how to uh, contact the spirit world. Okay. How how do you try? Well, g- give me a tip on how to contact the spirit world. We need to try. Oh. Oh, what exercises Sorry. do you do? Are you laughing at me, Janet? I am, because I know you're going to take the mickey. No, 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 no I'm, listen, I, well, a little bit, yes. No, I'm not. Yeah. What? How do you train? Well, well you, you need to find a medium who... How did you is... know I was going to take the mickey? That's spooky. Oh, well, because I'm clairvoyant, you see. Yes, yeah, so you see, yes, go on. Yeah, uh, well, what uh, training do you do? Uh, we, we train with a lady who's teaching us uh, different techniques on how to uh, open up the channels to the spirit world. Are you getting anything now? <laughs> Why is that a funny question? That's a sensible. That's obviously going to be the next question. That's a sensible question. Um, no, no, not really. Can 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 you open <laughs> up you your channel me for me? O- open up your channel. Go on. No, it, it takes, for me. takes a little while. Go on. We got, we got we got three minutes. Open up your channel for me. Let's have a look. Go on. Uh, what do you want me to say? Well, I want you to to, to see what, who's in the channel. I'm not that good. Oh, okay. Well, especially, I, especially over the radio. I would love. I would listen. I, 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 I don't believe in this, but I would love, and I've al- I always said this on all the radio shows I've ever done. If a clairvoyant can come in and prove to me by saying things about members of my family that have passed over that no one would know, then uh, I, you know I'm, I'm prepared to be convinced. But no one has convinced I, me yet, Janet. Okay, take the challenge then. Come along to Circle and meet the mediums. Okay, can I record it? Oh, I don't see why not. Uh, then, uh, then the challenge is, t- is taken. Okay. The Janet's... St- oh, yeah! You see, the, ja- the challenge is taken. Janet, stay on the line. Give your details to my, uh, my team. Uh, l- l- listen, if someone can, can give me the evidence, and I've, uh, for eight years of doing this kind of show, I've always put out the challenge. If a clairvoyant can... Co- we had a clairvoyant on a show I did on another station, right? He was rubbish. He was rubbish. And he said to me on air, I, was, I had a girlfriend at the time, he said, right, I predict your relationship isn't going to last very long, uh, and it's going to end really, really soon. It's like, oh, okay. We played a record, and off air, I said to him, "Yeah, um, I'm going to go on holiday to Japan in three weeks, and I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Okay, she's now my wife. I'm going to propose to her." I went, ah, oh, okay. We came back on air, and he went, "Yeah, I'm getting another message. I think that there's going to be something big and quite exciting is going to happen in your relationship." I just told him what was going to happen. And then he came back. I don't believe in it. But, Janet, I, I accept your challenge. I shall come along the one night, if, if I'm OK to record it, and we will see what happens. I would love it. I'd love someone to get a message from one of my... Do you know, do you know a Dave? Probably. I Probably it's someone in my life has met someone called Dave at some point. Go on. Do dogs mean anything? Oh, for, you know. Janet, we'll, we will see. I'm going to come with an open <laughs> Do dogs mean anything to you? Well, yeah, I've seen dogs, you know. We shall find out. Right. Oh, it's fun today. I enjoyed that a lot. We've got a... It's Steve from Hemel. This is a very grumpy email you sent in. Interesting to hear the police commander talking about criminal behaviour. Every person who either knocks on a door or hurls any good is committing a crime. From extortion to criminal damage, it's wrong and should be outlawed. Oh, bah humbug. I'm back tomorrow at six. JVS is up next. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.